Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global... Okay, there we go. The Zoom thing's got this weird recording thing now, so what up, High Fivers? Uh, this is your boy, High Five Tom, and I've got a very, very special guest. I know I say that a lot, but... Uh, Something I've been doing, wanting to do for a long time. Um, one of my biggest influences and inspirations in the podcast business, uh, but also someone I, I credit for for my love of indie wrestling. I mean, we'll definitely get into that. Uh, a person I know in the real life, uh, you know, and a person that actually helped me, you know, with the equipment I'm actually recording this on. So, uh, my good friend, Mr. Travis Tubasing, the owner, CEO, producer, editor, the whole kit caboodle of the Wrestle Special. Travis, how are you today? Yes, all of those things. I'm wonderful. I'm uh, I'm glad we can we can finally do this. It's totally been my fault, by the way. I'm a hard man to pin down. You know, you know that better than anybody. I'm a hard yeah. man to pin down, but uh, I appreciate all the kind words uh, as well. It's our, our our origin story as as far as our friendship is is an interesting one that I know I've told on on my podcast. But uh, we've we met each other through wrestling internet and then became friends. It's been it's been great. Yeah, it, it it's pretty wild, and listen, I, I've shared that story too, and it's it's awesome. I mean, this is I, it's a great example of what wrestling should be. Yeah, absolutely. I I think that uh, the biggest thing that I want to continue to do with my show is or and do better than I have honestly has is is networking and creating this this community and mostly just bringing positive vibes to wrestling. I think yeah. and and wrestling podcasting because there's. So many, and I, you know, this from listening to my show, I complain about Twitter almost nonstop because I can't log in without seeing something bad about the world or something like everybody arguing about WWE versus AEW. And I'm just like, just, just fucking chill. Let's be friends. Let's, let's enjoy wrestling. And I, I, I think though, that is something that's your kind of your hallmark, man. Honestly, we were talking a little bit before we started recording and I have, connected with some of your friends that are now my friends down here closer to where I live. And, uh, it is, we, we always, whenever we're out, uh, we're, we always talk about you that like everybody knows you and everyone's like, yeah, look at this. We had, we went to impact. I guess that was last spring, last summer, last fall. I don't, I don't know. I think it was, it was last year. It was 2022. And I remember it was this group of guys and we all knew you. And we all just were like, man, we're all here together right now because of Tom. And it was just, it's, it's, it's a, you should feel good about the positivity that you bring in to everyone that knows you, but also the wrestling podcast world. Well, thank you, Travis. I, you know, I, I wasn't expecting that, but I, I'm, I'm not great at thank or you're welcome or thank yous, but thank you, Travis. So yeah, I- you're welcome. You're welcome. You, uh, we, it, it's the Brain Buster Boys. Uh, I, it, it's, it's just been, it's been interesting. Your influence on the, my podcasting is, is seen to this day. So it's, it's, I, I appreciate you and the energy you bring. Okay. Well, 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 thank you, Travis. So, I mean, I, I don't know what to say now. I'm <laughs> well, then you could just, just change the subject real quick. Just, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, monsters uh, yeah. wrestling. Yeah. We could say whatever, just what say, say random words. That's what I do. 
it's just or or on my show i just fuck and then just edit that out and whatever so (laughs) well i mean listen yeah and like i mean you are obviously you know a big influence too and and obviously um you know we've talked about there's so many goddamn wrestling podcasts i mean that's the bottom line yeah Um, you got into this game a lot sooner than i did uh but i mean one thing obviously besides the fact that we're personal friends is i always enjoyed because and yours is obviously a very 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 unique take yeah yeah uh, um and i i love it it cracks me up i'm like where the fuck did you come up with that but we'll you know we'll definitely get into that but uh um yeah it's kind of start like i mean your your way way back story um when did you first start getting i mean i know anyone that listens to wrestle special has a decent idea but when did your love of wrestling actually start um it's 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 a long time ago so i'm i'm 36 i i'm a child of the attitude era like so many wrestling fans now people have left i feel like it's a a rite of passage where at, at least with men i could say men wrestling fans because uh they we we grew up loving wrestling and then at some point you you go on like a a rumspringa or like the, and you leave wrestling yeah. because it feels like i think that's what we do as we want to get older, we feel like we can't like the things that we actually like and we have to be someone else. And I've joked, it's I didn't think it, that any girl would want to kiss me if I liked wrestling and, and things like that. So I lost, I, I had been a wrestling fan mostly um, probably during my preteen and teenage years during the Attitude Era. But it's not like wrestling wasn't something that I enjoyed. I, I remember renting vid- various videos from video stores from that, the the early days, or not early days, but the early 90s wrestling where they they were very VHS heavy. I remember, you know, going to media play, RIP media play every Sunday after church when I was big into wrestling my teenage years and just looking at all the VHSs and picking one out. And my favorite story out of that is how I smuggled in uh, the Armageddon. I guess it was 99 Armageddon where Miss Kitty took her her shirt off. And I saw, I like, my parents were allowed, or I was allowed to watch wrestling. They were okay with it, uh, even though they weren't. They they were okay with it, but I was able to to sneak that Miss Kitty boob shot in into the Tubasing household. But uh, so that was that was really the origins of of me getting into wrestling. The Attitude Era. By the time I got into high school, I would say sophomore year, I I had I was out. I was more into sports. And, yeah. and and other things um, than I was actual wrestling. And then fast forward a long time, late 20s. So probably, let's say 2013, yeah. 2012, something like that. I started because I got married in 2014 and I got the big gold belt uh, as my wedding gift. So I know I know I was big. I was back into it then, like hardcore. But there was one night uh, I was laying in bed and my fiance or girlfriend at the time, now my wife uh, was asleep. And I, this was when all the WWE stuff was on Netflix still. And the C yeah, this was way back. This is before the network. So all the, it was only documentaries. I don't think there were like any, it was like the, the various things, not, not events really. I, at least I didn't watch the events, but I watched the documentaries and CM Punk is one of those guys that I I missed pretty much. I missed the, the rise. I one of the few times I paid back attention to wrestling was the pipe bomb, probably like a lot of lapsed yeah. wrestling fans. And when uh, I remember watching it and 
he they talked a little bit about Macho Man, and I had this weird like like I just had this moment where I'm like, oh yeah, I remember Macho Man. That he was fucking awesome. And that was kind of the tip of the iceberg. I started watching YouTube videos of old stuff, like the 10 greatest, like the loudest pops in wrestling history. And that was where I started to cut my teeth, getting back into it. And eventually I dipped my toes back into modern wrestling. And at that point it was the shield, the Wyatt family uh, and Daniel Bryan that really brought me back in when I latched on to new people. Uh, And then uh, a year later, I, I guess it would have been, 2014, I got married. So within that next year, between 2014 and 2015 uh, is when I think I started my first wrestling podcast, uh, Knife Edge Chop with Ian Robinson. Uh, And that is how we met eventually. But it was kind of just born out of this idea of, I felt like I always had something to say or I I wanted to perform and I, I had never really had the confidence to do it. Uh, I was kind of a nerdy kid. And I, I mean, I still am. I, I was, you know, not the popular kid. And I feel like I, I always had this in me that I wanted to make people laugh and I wanted to have fun. And I felt like I had something to say. And then, uh, we started that podcast knife edge chop and it kind of, it, it, interestingly enough, kind of hit a niche with people, um, yeah. where we were trying to do our, our own thing a little bit. Uh, and I'm not saying it's, the blueprint for anybody or anybody even knows that podcast, but it really did feel like at some points, and you, you had said at the top that, you know, you had credited me with you get, getting you into independent wrestling. And that was really kind of what we were known for during yeah. those years. That's that's when we got popular is when we were covering things that no one else was covering. And the fans of those various promotions had for the first time somewhere to to listen to someone talking about it. Everybody's talking about Raw. Everyone's talking about everything to do with WWE, but no one's talking about these super niche promotions. And, uh, and just kind of real quick circling back. So with, you know, obviously you're being uh, from the Shield and everything, did it kind of help that Moxley was from Cincinnati or from the Ohio area, or did you even know? Uh, when I, when I got into it, I don't think I, I knew initially cause I'm, I'm from the Cincinnati area. I've lived in this area my entire life. Uh, we, I usually just say, um, but when I still lived in Kentucky, when I lived in Northern Kentucky and when somebody would ask where I'd live, I'd, if it, we were out and about in a different part of the country, we would just say Cincinnati. So Cincinnati's always been home. And once I found out that Mox was from Cincinnati, for sure, it was a big thing, but honestly, the shield I really like factions. I really like tag teams and the shield were just booked. So, so strongly back then they just seemed different. They came from the crowd. They wore the the SWAT team gear and they all seemed to be an integral piece of the team. Mox was the wild card. Obviously Reigns was the muscle and Seth, was the architect, the brains, if you will, but also the high flyer, the the agile one. So it just kind of all worked for me. I didn't I didn't know originally he was from Cincinnati, but uh, after that, he was he was always my favorite in the Shield. Yeah, it's uh, and like I said, and, and I know you've addressed this on your podcast too, but I mean, is there really a bigger, more success successful faction than the Shield? Um, just like sheer number. I mean, you're talking. I mean, to this day three of the top 10 best wrestlers in the world are, were members of the shield. 
Yeah, I, I think this era of wrestling will be remembered for that, especially with all the things that Roman Reigns has done the last couple of years with the tribal chief uh, gimmick and and all of that. I think you you've seen where Mox is, in my opinion, and I said this on my show, the MVP of last year. He is AEW to me. At yeah. this point, he's, he just, the dude just loves wrestling. He loves wrestling and it's, he, he wants to to do it until he dies. At least that's what I take from him. And I think that you see with Roman, he is clearly the, the Hogan, the Cena of this era. And there's uh, an interview that uh, Seth Rollins did not too long ago, where he talked about that. They talked about him not being the guy. And he's like, you know, sometimes that's just how it goes. And he, I can't remember all of his examples. I obviously remember the one that I'm about to say because of who it dealt with. But he said, you know, Hulk Hogan, if Roman's Hulk Hogan, I'm Macho Man. And and I, I really, I, I do agree with that. And I, I think that for this era of wrestling, you're going to remember them. Those are going to be the guys that I feel like are the mainstays. I think Daniel Bryan will be, be up there with them. But I, I think because... He's not going to be, I'm going to bring my cat up into my lap. Sorry. Uh, sorry for everyone listening. Uh, for You can see him now. He, he's he's just going to not leave me alone if I don't do it. But mm -hmm. I think the, those three guys from a faction standpoint, yeah, I, I would say they're probably going to be up there with the greatest factions of all time when it's all said and done. If not already, I would put them. I mean, if you're, I guess it depends on how you measure success with, a faction what what do you measure faction success on you know i i think that my what i would consider the greatest faction of all time is probably the four horsemen um but i i don't really i don't it's weird that you ask that because i don't really know why honestly why i i feel that i think it's just because of the history and the era and you know the we have all the belts and we're running this shit and I, but if you're measuring off of all the members like the success that they had, like the launch pad for them. I feel like it's got to be the shield followed closely by evolution, just based yeah. off of what happened with Orton, Triple H's reign of terror, Batista, you know, being able to parlay that into a, a pretty successful Hollywood career. But I, I think that the shield 100%, it, they are the faction of this era and everything else has kind of spawned out from them for, from an overall wrestling headline or era defining situation yeah i mean obviously i'm a i'm a huge four horseman fan i mean obviously rick flair is both of one of our favorites um i Arn anderson was actually my guy in the four horsemen Fuck yeah. um, but they didn't really have success outside of the four horsemen yeah right flair um you know, I mean, the Brainbusters slash, you know, Tully and Arn did okay, but, and there was always the flux of the fourth person. Yes. I mean, Barry Windham's always my, my guy when I think of the Four Horsemen. Yeah. But in the flux, but I mean, you know, it's tough to, I mean, Ric Flair obviously is probably the most successful wrestler ever. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just in, in sheer numbers, and there's only three of them, you know, just, yeah, I mean, they are the three wrestlers of our era. Well, I if mean, you look, if you look at, I mean, all the other factions, like the factions that WWE specifically pushes to the forefront, NWO, everybody was already established. Hogan was Hogan. 
Scott Hall was Scott Hall. Kevin Nash was Kevin Nash. They didn't, I mean, am I forgetting anybody? They didn't really build. I mean, that's the, that's the idea of the new world order. They didn't. And the, the downfall of it is they weren't building new superstars. They were keeping everybody down. DX, no one really found much success aside from Triple H. China, in my opinion, might be second, at least for her short career. X-Pac was X-Pac. Billy Gunn and Road Dog, probably some of the best tag team, like ranked up there as some of the best for performance. But I, I think that you'd be hard-pressed to find a faction that has created more success for its members than, than The Shield. So if you're judging it by that, I would say I feel comfortable saying the shield is the greatest faction of all time if you're judging it based solely of that because i was on, on my wrestling rum sprint at that point um like like it's just funny that you say that because that's what people say in my neck of the woods too um but so basically the shield actually started in nxt and then they came up to the, the main roster together right um it, yes they were in nxt but they weren't necessarily i don't believe that they were linked that when they they came up it was as cm punk's mercenaries Okay. Uh, and I believe against Ryback, I think, is when they, they that was it. Yeah, exactly. Throwback there, person that the WWE thought would be a star of today. But no shade to Ryback, I guess. But um, I, I think that uh, it, I think that's what it was. They, they They all debuted, but they were all tapped to be future stars. So I think when th- that was the idea, I'll give Vince Triple H, whoever, got to be Vince, you got to give the credit to, and you got to give credit to him where credit's due. He knew that they were going to be stars, I think, and and packaged them that way. And having them come on the 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 scene like that uh, was, I think, uh, was integral to their success. Yeah. And listen, I mean, personally, I think Seth Rollins is probably the most well-rounded of the three. I agree. Um, maybe I'm just biased because he is from Iowa. Yeah, um, he is. You know, his, his school here in, in Iowa, not here, I'm in Wisconsin, but um, his Black and Brave Academy – uh, is pumping out people like it's going out of style. They're all over the Midwest. Um, I just really appreciate the fact that he never really forgot his roots. Mm-hmm. He's very integral in, in the Midwest wrestling scene here still to this day. Um, yeah, because, I mean, his run is tight. And he was really the only one. I think Moxley obviously did some deathmatch stuff as an indie star. Yeah. Um, you know, Roman was a, is a WWE and no, And I, I'm a Roman fan. I've always been a Roman fan, um, even when people hated him. I'm not trying to yeah. be Marky and everything. Um, I figured he had something, but but Rollins, I mean, he I mean Ring of Honor, obviously, you know, I'm a Ring of Honor Mark, but in, yeah. in AAW here in Chicago, um, he, his fingerprints are all over the place. Yeah. I, um, I think you're I think you're right. I would I would say Seth is the most well-rounded uh, of the three of them for for sure, without a doubt. I don't even know. I, I I don't even know if anybody would debate that. I feel like there'd be the stands that would debate that, but I, I'll say this. You were better than me. I had to go on my apology tour not too long ago, but I had to apologize to Roman. I was a Roman hater. I I got it. I got it. I yeah. got that he is a good-looking dude with a good move set, an easy person to put at the top of the card. I got it. But it I just couldn't deal with the suffering succotash thing, you know, the 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 hokiness. But you yeah. see what happens when you let him be who he is. Hey, I'm a, a literal god so bow down to me essentially and that's that's what he's doing and that's that's believable he believes that he believes that and, and i think uh it's it's good for you good for you that you were always in on roman because 
you don't have egg on your face like I do. Yeah. And listen, I mean, I got back into wrestling. It was late 2015. So it was just before that Royal Rumble. Yeah. Like, why are people, you know, I'm just like, and it might have been me just being smirky because everyone's booing him. Like, well, I'm going to like the guy that everyone hates because that's yeah. Uh, but, I, you know, I just, I really appreciate it. And it sounds like, I mean, this whole arrogant, you know, like you said, bow down to me thing. I Listen, I've never met Roman Reigns, unfortunately. I know a couple people have interacted with him. But this sounds like that's totally not who he is in real life, which makes yeah. it better. Yeah, I as far as like, he's he's a nice person from everything that I've seen. I, I think that, what I guess more of what I'm saying is that he's finally tapped into the character that, what Stone Cold always said is like your real person turned up to 11 or, and I think you see that with the rock rock seems like a really nice guy. He cut his teeth being a shit ass heel and same thing with Roman. I think he's a nice guy, but I think you, you can't get to this level and also look at, look like he does being a, a chiseled Adonis person and not feel confident about that and i I think he just really has it's got to be pretty easy to tap into that and just be like yeah you know i am the head of the table yeah and obviously he's got the lineage for it so i mean it's it's the blood um but to his credit you know less said growing up and i remember hearing like a paul Heyman interviews like if you ever found out something about roman reigns no one would ever boo him again um because i mean this was his second bout with leukemia yeah, earlier and no, and yeah. he he never used that. He never told anybody, you know. And he got pretty sick, and, and you know, and credit to him for that. So it's just like, I know. think it's it's moments like that when you realize, and you know, why I think it's wrestling fans get in their way, and it's not just wrestling fans. It's all it's all fandoms really that seem to like hate the thing that they love. And that's been something that I've, I've fallen victim to as well, where it's like, Oh, what, what, why am I, why am I complaining about this? Don't I love this and getting stuck in that. And I think it's the other reminder, you know, Roman getting sick when he did is that these are real humans. And I think that everybody that was booing him kind of just stopped for a moment and was like, Oh yeah, this is, this none of this matters in the grand scheme of things. This this man, this husband, this this father is fighting for his life, and we all have lost people. All of us have, you know. That's part of life is is death and and all these sad things. And I think it's everybody just needed that moment with Roman to be like, let's celebrate him as a human and yeah. forget about the performer aspect of it. And I, I feel like when he came back uh, that while people may not have been happy about what he was doing at the time or whatever, I think it really tempered those. I mean, I, they, they had die Roman die signs earlier, earlier, you know, like, I, like before the, the second bout with the leukemia, but those were actual signs. So it, it's, I think it tempered all of that and just made everyone go back to, all right, this is just wrestling. I should just shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> and to be clear, I, I, while I didn't like Roman, I would never have a die Roman die sign. <laughs> I, I will get egg on my face for not being a Roman fan, but I will not throw myself in with that lot. Well, I mean, and it's true. I mean, if those people, if they're saying die Roman die, like the character, you know, the character. Yeah. You no, know, I, but I don't think a lot of these people d- differentiate between Joe Anoa and Roman. So, you know, yeah, it's, 
people are people are unique we'll just say um that's uh that's all i was gonna say and um with i mean like i said and i think this is one of those times where you know kayfabe being broken really kind of hurt roman because we all knew who was pulling the strings for him for that push yeah like maybe if this was 20 years ago and we didn't quite know things like that um maybe it would have been different but i think a lot of people hated roman because they knew he was vince's guy and people hate vince yeah yeah and i i think that's a a really good point that i hadn't thought of what that's a good what if question maybe that you just gave me a a topic for the show is you know hated wrestlers during the non-kayfabe era i i think you would have to assume that roman would have been a big deal i i think back then if you look at ricky the dragon steamboat things like that i feel like while roman wasn't that kind of face i I feel like back then when you still had kayfabe it would have been more believable that he was the take take no prisoners badass guy that also was kind of nice i i feel like there is i think he would have been over in the early roman would have been over in the kayfabe era that's a that's a really good point yeah. So, and, and with him, cause I got back into wrestling kind of as faith and I kind of started officially dating and everything. Um, you know, I won't get into my story too. I mean, um, I, I told it a, a hundred times, but, um, but I mean, I had history with wrestling as a kid, but she never did, but watching wrestling, she gravitated to Roman because I mean, she just looked at him. He's like, that guy's a fucking star. And that's without her yeah. knowing anything about wrestling, you know? So that was- I think that's, that's what why we just got to get out of our own way. And I think sometimes as wrestling fans or like older wrestling fans, it, it's and all it takes is somebody like like Faith, like you said, where she was like not well versed in the history of wrestling. That was the same thing with 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 Jess, my wife. She wasn't well versed with wrestling until she started you know, being like, uh, okay, maybe I'll, I'll try it. And really what got her was watching a gold dust Dolph Ziggler match random on W I was watching raw one night yeah. and I was telling her about like the history of the Rhodes family. And then I think I showed her dusty and she like, it clicked yeah. why the, these things were happening. And then she found her own favorites at the time. It was Seth Rollins. Uh, and I think she, she still loves Seth, but uh, at the time it was Seth, that was the unlock for her too. It was the same, same similar thing. Like, oh, this guy is a star. And I, so many times we just need to get out of our own way and just enjoy that it's there. And if it's something that you don't like, that's okay. It's not for you. It's That's fine. There's something else on the show that you're bound to like. Yet the whole thing doesn't have to be 10 out of 10. This is the best thing you've ever fucking seen. And no other form of entertainment is like that. I, I don't play as many video games now or anymore. I used to play a lot, but I haven't, every game that I played wasn't my favorite game of all time. Right. And and I think that we as wrestling fans just get into this mode where it's like, well, if I don't like it, then it's crap. Well, okay. Then no, it's not. It's not. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I don't get it. And like I said, in wind, um, you know, when you got back into wrestling, I mean, obviously you guys started digging into the indies and everything, Yeah. Uh, but it was obviously on, on TV for like, you know, common folk, or I don't want to say common folk, but you're um, not, that's the word I'm looking for. Um, you're not super into wrestling. I mean, you're a casual fan. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was just WWE. Yes. Well, you know, if you, 
And and that's what I tried to get back into wrestling a couple times, but it's funny you said Dolph Ziggler, but I turned on Raw once I was at my mom's house and Dolph Ziggler was on. I'm like, who the fuck's this guy? I mean, this is stupid. I turned it right back off. I don't know why. Yeah. You know, but now that there's so many different options and you have access to it. Um, that was yes. definitely part of why I went on my Raw Springer because when ECW folded, I didn't know about Ring of Honor or all these other industries because I didn't have access to it. I didn't have internet at my house. Um, I didn't get a computer until like 2005, you know, because it wasn't on TV. It was just WWF. It's some impact. Uh, yeah. So that was definitely part of it. Uh, but speaking of indie wrestling, so obviously we kind of uh, scrapped the surface here. But, uh, you know, so how did um, so how um, how did you and Ian meet? Like, have you guys known each other for a while or did you guys meet at wrestling? Or? We, we met at work and, and then started talking about we just talked about wrestling to each other. Uh, and he he was watching WWE some at the time, but my love for the indies came from him. And that's where really it, it kind of spiraled like out of control. My love for wrestling spiraled, spiraled out of control because when I started to get into indies, uh, I had seen things that I, I hadn't seen before because up to that point, I had only watched WWE. ECW, where I was at and the age I was at at the time when it was in its heyday, was just something that they talked about in whispers, really. Like, I'm talking about pre-TNN, before they were, they were on TV, yeah. like network TV or cable television, where it was just kind of like, I would go to the easy stop, which was the gas station in my town that had no fucking stoplights. Uh, well, maybe they did. I think this first stoplight came in sixth grade, so I was watching wrestling then. But there would be magazines that yeah. would have ECW stuff on it. So I, and that was... Really, for me, I think I would say the indies and getting into independent scene really was kind of felt like ECW to me because when Ian started showing me things, because uh, we started covering by covering WWE, but yeah. as I said, Knife Edge Chop didn't start to get known in the small circles that it was known in until we were covering the indies. And the primary indie I would say that resonated with me was PWG. It mm -hmm. was... It it is still, or it, maybe not so much anymore, but it was in its in its heyday, which was I, I would say started before before I got into it, but lasted you know well into me watching it. I wouldn't consider it now, but it was the it was the cool kid wrestling. It yeah. was wrestling without Vince. It was this this edgy thing. It was like listening uh, to a mixtape. It was punk rock. It was all all of these things. And I remember watching World's Cutest Tag Team versus Young Bucks on a DVD and, and that that fucking match where the Young Bucks had thumbtacks on their shoe, super kick Candice LeRae, and she's just bleeding everywhere. Those were those were the things where I just was like, this is not something that I've seen. And that's really where my love for independent wrestling came from. And that's where the show went. We started going to uh, Rockstar Pro which is local. It's Dayton, Ohio. It was, I, I, I haven't been in a while, but they, I don't think they've run a show in a while to be completely honest with you, which is, which is sad because I used to, we used to go, uh, once a month, sometimes twice a month, they would have a monthly pay-per-view, but that was where it went is that I watched PWG and was into independent wrestling. And then, well, what wrestling's local to me. And then it just came into this weird moment in time where we've talked about uh that rockstar had kind of what i call 
they caught lightning in a bottle and it just felt like there was something special going on in there. And that, I mean, people like uh, Wesley uh, came out of Rockstar. People like I, Zach Wentz came out of Rockstar. So there, though, those kind of names, those are probably the two biggest names now that aren't, uh, <laughs> I don't want <laughs> people yeah. that are, that are okay to talk about, uh, <laughs> now those are the, probably the two bigger names, but Rockstar, what'd you say? Trey Miguel. Trey Miguel. Yes, absolutely. Trey Miguel. Absolutely. 100%. Forgive me, Trey. Yes. And, uh, those, those three are probably the biggest name. Jake Christ as well. Uh, is still getting, I mean, he was, uh, wrestled for AEW, uh, on dark, uh, a couple weeks ago when Dayton was, or when AEW was in Dayton. So, but th that was where really I felt like the best years of, uh, knife edge shop, that original podcast that, that we did were, were when we were covering rockstar and we were talking about the the local scene and then we started talking about midwest and then we started interviewing all these people and we got I, man I, I there's this the story that I'll, I'll i'll say and i don't think i'm pulling the curtain back too far but uh there were we we get, got in before one of the shows we we covered their i think it was their five-year anniversary I, i'm pretty sure it was the show where we met after <laughs> like i think it's the show where mason from the uh what were they called? Hooligans. Hooligans. I, I wanted to call them the headhunters and I knew that wasn't, that wasn't it, but where he broke his leg and we met because you were yeah. listening to the show. But uh, we came into the show and they had brought Phoenix in. And it, this was before it, Lucha Underground existed, but this was before AEW, obviously years before AEW was even in anybody's mind. Yeah. And we came in through the back. We were in before the show. We were going to do an interview with somebody. We were going to interview Phoenix. Uh, later too, but we were going to do an interview before that. And there was uh, someone in the ring and we didn't know who it was. And it was fucking Phoenix without a mask. And we're like, oh, wah. it just, it felt like this. Un yes. It felt like I, I, I was like, oh God, I don't want to feel, be disrespectful. I don't want to do any of those things. It just felt weird. And then we interviewed him. So I, I got a lot of opportunities to interview uh, a lot of independent wrestlers that have now you know, been somewhere I got to eat uh, there in that same night. We all, we usually went out to dinner after the shows and uh, Phoenix walked in, didn't know it was him dude without a mask again. And I'm just like, what, who is this? Who is this? And then it, it took me a second and I'm like, Oh, this is fucking Phoenix. The guy that I love on Lucha motherfucking underground. I'm eating wings with him. Holy shit. And those were those where I really feel like the golden, years of that first show were that that were the golden era of that uh, of knife edge chop was and and even then i will say i also got to interview mick foley which was um amazing uh not not during that era but uh that is the, the show gave me a lot and it, it really ian gave me a lot honestly too for unlocking the ability for me to feel confident enough to start the wrestle special to start another wrestling podcast and uh, a lot of the the lessons that I learned from Ian, I've taken with me to Knife Edge Shop, or not to Knife Edge Shop, to the Wrestle Special and the five years that I've been doing that show now. And it all spawned from basically talking to a guy at work about wrestling and unlocking my love for wrestling and that still persists to this day. Obviously, there are ups and downs, but uh, it's still there. 
And and listen, that was um, and like I, t- I talked about in the introduction. I mean, listening to you guys was a big influence. I'm like, because I was just starting. So you hear these names. Um, listen, I got into because re- I the reason I got back into wrestling because I was I was caretaking for a winter at a place that had cable, hmm. so I could watch wrestling. So yeah. I, and then I started listening. We talked about pre production. I I found this podcast thing, and then you just you start hearing these names. Like you said, the PWGs you know, this ring of honor thing. And then you start hearing all these names. It took me about a year before I could really start digging because when you guys, cause I, I did get a chance to um, go back to listen to like uh, your, a few of your first episodes of knife edge chop. And you guys were kind of really covering NXT. Yeah. And obviously were those people in back in 2015, 14, 15, those were all indie guys. So then yeah. you didn't know where these guys came from. And it's just a, a snowball. Of- yeah. Of, of everything, you know, and that was really kind of a, a cool progression. And that's what, you know, brought my love into it. I was like, so thank you guys. You know, I know I've said that before, but I mean. It's funny you brought up NXT because I think you just like shocked my brain into remembering like why I think I started dipping my toes into it, more independent wrestling was, well, this would have been later. I would have already watched independent wrestling, but my first trip to AAW uh, was to see Phoenix and Pentagon. So that was before I inter- interviewed P- Phoenix. This would, would have been before that. But Sammy Callahan had just gotten out of NXT. Uh, he had been, he was Solomon Crow, And uh, Ian had said, man, uh, I used Sammy used to be one of my favorites on the indies. And he was in a I, no holds barred match for the AEW championship. I love Sammy Callahan's run as AEW champion. It's fucking brilliant. You should go watch that if you haven't. But the match I was there for was him versus Tommaso Ciampa. And Ciampa was in that NXT. He was doing NXT, but it wasn't like he was in NXT. It was him and Gargano were still like, we can still do other things. And I just, I, I it's funny that you bring up NXT because I think that was a big uh, it was just weird how you said that because I, I Sammy Callahan coming back to the Indies further cemented my love for the Indies. Yeah, and it was like, and that was, I mean, obviously NXT was the best thing about WWE for you. Oh, yeah, without a without a doubt, I love old NXT so so good. That honestly, that is probably where Jess started to really get into it because, and that, and you know, you know. You, when you're together with somebody for a while, you, and and especially when you get married, all those things, you start, your interests start to merge some more. And I think NXT for her really was when it was like, oh, we're getting, you're getting to see the stories from scratch and build. And then people that you started watching day one become champion. And then those people then move to WWE and you get to see them do the things on the, that you watched. I mean, the, the Sasha Bailey matches in NXT are some of my favorite to this day. And I remember watching that. I think it was Sasha Bailey too. And uh, what the, the girl, the little girl fan, she does her own thing. Yeah. Now I can't remember what is her name? What? It doesn't matter. She, yeah. She was crying and Sasha was like, and did, did the baby crying face to her. And I just, ju- I remember just being like, this is the pinnacle of wrestling right now. NXT, it's not getting better than this. And, and it wasn't in that moment. Yeah, there was a real golden era. And um, obviously you mentioned them earlier, the Brain Buster Boys. But uh, Brett said before 2022, 2018 is probably the best year of wrestling. But those years leading up, the 14, let's say 15, 16, 17, were some of the greatest moments of indie wrestling ever. Yeah. 
Absolutely. You know, that was, I mean, Rockstar was huge. Listen, you mentioned AAW. That's that's my local big super indie. Yeah. Um, you know, shout out to my uh, my buddy Trent Sabiri. He's a producer over at AEW or uh, AAW. And you can hear him monthly on the Midwestern Wrestling Roundup, plug for my own self. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, it's funny. Like, I mean, my first AAW show, we sat in the same seats you guys sat in in your last AAW show, um, which, I, which I thought was hilarious. But, yeah, I mean, when I got in, uh, the thing after I got WWE was Lucha Underground. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it was on it was on Netflix at the time, and it was also on cable. So that's why I started Faith on. So she loves her luchadors. Um, yeah, so when we met Phoenix. She's like, "Holy shit, that's Phoenix! He's right there." I'm like, "Yeah, he is. It's fucking cool." So, um, <laughs> Lucha Lucha Underground was a a special thing too. We we watched that religiously. Again, something different in in wrestling, and yeah. that that was it was something groundbreaking for me too. And obviously, unlocked some of the other stuff that that I loved too, like, and still love to this day. I can never can never get enough Lucha Brothers. I, I I just love them. They're they're so great. And Lucha Underground just was such a it the especially the first couple of seasons were just like again some of the best wrestling that I that I ever watched just because it was I, I love camp. I love camp horror movies. I love camp comedy. I love all of that. I love anything that's kind of extreme and, you know, having uh, a person that controlled another person with a stone and then ripped people's hearts out with Catalina. Like that was right up my alley, right up my alley. And I I just, I can't say enough good things about Lucha Underground either. I, I, I love Lucha Underground. Yeah. It's really just a a special time, you know, time and place. And it's a real shame what happened to that whole thing. It's like, and it's so tough to find now. You can buy yeah, it. It is. Yeah. Uh, and it sucks because let's face like, oh, we should just buy it on DVD and have like everyone sign it because, you know, we've met the Lucha Brothers. I've met Matanza slash Jeff Cobb, still personally my favorite wrestler. Um, you know, we've met Brian Cage. We've met Willie Mack, um, John Morris and Taya, the whole, you know. Um, oh, we even met King Cuerno. You oh, know, shit. Yeah. Um, and Faith was like, oh my God, it's King Cuerno. And I was like, that was kind of like one of those proud husband moments. I was like, you know, because he was a big star in Lucha Underground, but not like a big, big star. Yeah. Like, oh, wow. Yeah, and Cuerno I'm, is, he's hes one that wouldn't have been a, always at the top of the card, but it was somebody that you would know 100%. I think later he he got there, but I, the, yes, you're right. That is a proud moment yeah. uh, for oh, sure. Uh, to be no, it wasn't like King Cuerno. Um, now it's Santos. Like, um, why am I messing this up? Sorry, uh, Mil Mortes. Sorry. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Mil Mortes is great too. Ah. I just, I love Lucha Underground. I, man, I, I'm going to need to rewatch Lucha Underground because I don't know. There were four seasons total. Do you yeah, remember? Yeah. Yeah. I only got halfway through season two. Yeah. I, I never finished it because they had, they took long breaks. I remember they took long breaks and then, but that was, I, I feel like, you know, you, you mentioned Brett saying 2018 was the, like the best year for wrestling, but you also said that all the stuff before that 25th, 2014, 2015, I, I remember we covered progress wrestling on uh knife edge chop. And that was, that was us, you know, dipping our toes into international. But I, I remember it just seemed like the indie scene was exploding and why, wrestling got so good later is wwe just killed everything again i killed like just just the talent that they took from all the independents but also the british independents uh for i i just remember pete dunn all of those all of those guys just got taken i i mean so so many people 
in wrestling now and in, in more of mainstream wrestling. I don't know if everybody knows the, the origins of that, but they basically WWE came in and just killed British wrestling. I, I I'm being dramatic. I'm being dramatic, but it, it made me sad because it was so many of the people I loved progress. So many of the people that they, they it felt like they, the top guys would go and they would replace them with another top guy. Yeah. And then they would take them and it just was like, what do you stop? Stop. And then they finally got into that partnership with progress that they uh, have now uh, ended but uh, it it's it's one of those things where you just know that the that why wrestling was so good in 2018 was because of the all the work that they were doing in the years the years prior. Well, and it, and it's funny you mentioned that too. So I'm gonna blow some more smoke up you and Ian's ass here real quick. But um, that UK tournament, yeah. I was gonna watch that, and then you and then you guys were talking about just putting it over. I was like, oh, you know, because I'm like, oh, WW, whatever, another tournament, ooh, blah, 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 blah. And then you guys put that over, and that I mean, changed my fucking life. I mean, yeah. That, that first NXT UK turn. The second one was pretty good, too, but the first one, maybe just, I don't know, maybe because it had Nigel on it, maybe because it was, it seemed like, it seemed like a progress show produced by, or by WWE. Yeah. Uh, and I think that, yeah, that's that's one of those things where oh yeah i mean i guess you could also even say i don't know if uh walter or gunther was around then but he's another guy that came from he was a regular in the british independent scene and and german independent scene but he, all of those guys came came from that but tyler bate was the uh, original uh uk champion and i just remember just like you said we were we were putting it over because we fucking loved it i was blown away by it but it was it was good to have and see British wrestling get the spotlight for once. And then as they started to to come over and started to do more things in regular NXT and regular WWE, I mean, you see Rhea Ripley, you know, coming to NXT and all, all, all so many other countless men and women that have been released over the years uh, or didn't really get their fair shot, but had great characters and great uh, matches in progress and just great storylines. Jenny is a, a wrestler that I don't know if many people know. She's, I don't know if she's married to Gunther, but that's, uh, she's, they're, they're dating or engaged, whatever. But Jenny was the mean girl in progress and she never really got an, an opportunity to to show that in the WWE or NXT. So th there's just so many countless names and wrestlers that, are going to be forgotten uh, to the the sands of time, unfortunately. But there, there are just so many. There's you can find. That's why I was going back earlier to to circle back. I, if you are disliking wrestling, then you, you should go find something else because there's enough out there that you're going to find something that you're going to like. There's enough wrestling out there, even not just on a single show. Go seek out other wrestling if you're you're feeling bored by WWE. We were talking about before we started recording that yeah. I have no interest in watching five hours of WWE television each week. I'll catch up on YouTube. I'll watch the pay-per-views but or premium live events. But I don't have I have no interest in five hours of WWE, but I'd rather give those five hours back to other wrestling and watch other wrestling. I've been trying to get back into uh, Japanese wrestling again. Uh, I was big into it, as you, as you know, as a listener of Knife Edge Shop. I was big into it for a while, but kind of, uh, you know, lost my way a little bit. But uh, getting back in, uh, I'm uh, subscribed to whatever Noah's uh, Wrestle Universe. Yeah, 
the UDT yeah. Pro and TJPW. I'm subscribed to that, and I haven't watched a ton, but they're getting my money at least, so I'm supporting wrestling worldwide. Um, well, shameless plug. I know we keep mentioning our, our good friend here, Mr. Brett, uh, but Brett, my boy, uh, JCB, you can hear on here on Visionaries Gold Media, do a bi-weekly. It's called the Phoenix Splash, where they cover all Japanese wrestling. Because mm-hmm. Brett and JCB, they're huge fucking stardom fans, like huge fucking marks. And I watched a couple of like, what am I missing? Holy shit. Yeah. These girls are good. Brett's the reason I'm dipping my toes back into Japanese wrestling because I, I watched, I think I covered, I covered stardom a bit. This was back when Io Shirai or Io Sky was still there. And Kyrie Sane was there before she went to WWE. Again, they took out of the, the three aces at the time, the three top wrestlers in stardom, WWE took two of them and left Mayu Iwatani there. So that I remember covering those. And I, and that was that again, another, another bad taste in my mouth. I got into it for those three, two of them left but I'm, I'm getting back there uh, mostly because of Brett, to be quite honest with you. Brett has uh, inspired me to get to get back into Japanese wrestling. And AEW presents so many Japanese women's wrestlers like strongly, even wow. if they're not always getting booked uh, to the best of everyone, what everyone would want. Yeah. Uh, I think that they're getting enough exposure that uh, it makes me want to watch more women's wrestling from Japan. Yeah. And uh, unless it kind of circle back to today's date, um, Oscar winning the Elimination Chamber. Very, mm-hmm. very I, mean, I, uh, I didn't watch it, uh, but that was my pick. But I mean, that was, yeah, she's definitely, I mean, obviously my first exposure to female Japanese wrestling, and I'm a huge fan. I mean, I, I love Asuka. So hopefully she finally gets the flowers that she deserves. I, I hope so too. But it's one of the things I, I have to remind myself is that Asuka is, I mean, even if she doesn't win the title, even if like, let's say she never wins another world championship in WWE. She still is the first woman to have won all of these things the Royal Rumble, the elimination chamber. I, there's one more thing that I think she won uh, that it's, I'm not thinking of. She I don't know. Money in the bank. Did she? Maybe she, maybe that's it. Did she win money in the bank? Let me, let, let's, let's do a quick Google of Oscar <laughs> money in the bank. I'll vamp for a second, but I think that, I think that she, even if she doesn't win or even she never wins a world title again, I I have to remind myself she still, yeah, she she did win Money in the Bank. She, uh, 2020. Oh, that was the the year. That was my favorite Money in the Bank. Uh, The one that that was the, it was the COVID one. It was the one where they did it in Titan Towers. I love that Money in the Bank where Otis (laughs) won, but it was just weird. They were fighting in elevators and shit. That's the kind of shit I I love. I love. Asuka won that year. So she was the first woman. Just because success isn't exactly what I want doesn't mean that they're not having success. And and that's the, that honestly, that's a lot of what I'm trying to do um, with my show now uh, with, with the Wrestle Special going into year five, just trying to look at things in that positive light and, and take that positive energy through. Yeah. It's, you know, and sometimes we do have to remember, I mean, obviously Vince knows what he's doing. He's made a billion dollars from wrestling. You know, and sometimes he's not catering to people like you and me. I mean, even in in the shittiest years of creative, they were still the most profitable. So obviously they're doing something right. But they book entertainment and, and and that's not just a cliche, but I mean, you know, it's the more gimmicky and we're used to watching like actual wrestling. 
And as I said, I don't mean that as a diss, you know, that they're not still wrestling, but I mean, stardom is, I mean, a different format than what WWE is. Yeah, absolutely. And even, even AEW is, is different, but that's why I don't understand why so many people get on this. It has to be one or the other. You either are going to ride or die for the other. And it's both sides. I see just as many WWE fans as I do. Well, I probably see more WWE fans being shitty to AEW fans, but I, I, I see a lot of people being shitty to each other about AEW versus WWE. It's supposed to be different. It's not supposed to be the same thing. When I came back to watching WWE within the last few months, I had taken a, it's not that I never had watched a show, but I, I've been watching consistently again. Uh, but again, minus those, I'm not watching any regular TV. Fuck that. There's no chance in hell I'm doing that. But I do watch AEW every week. And that's because it aligns more with what I like. I, I love storylines and I still need some more out of AEW right now, but I love in-ring wrestling work as well. And yeah. you're you're seeing somebody like Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan in WWE, uh, you're seeing the difference in style and the freedom he gets to have. He is a wrestler's wrestler. He is a one of the top professional wrestlers of all time from a wrestling work rate standpoint. There, there's he's in the same category as your Bret Hart's, your, your technicians, your your ring technicians. For me, he he's up there, and I think I think that's I don't think that's a controversial statement. Do you? Not at all. Okay, cool. I just wanted to I, a temperature check on myself. I don't I don't think that's I don't think that's a controversial statement. But that's what I don't understand is you can it doesn't it's not supposed to be the same. WWE and AEW are not supposed to be the same and everybody's going to have differences and you're, but you don't have to d dislike something just because it's not your cup of tea. You just, you just got to remind yourself of that. But like, like I said, I'm, I've, I think you've probably heard that a little bit in the last bit of my show, just trying to be less, I don't want to say critical because I think that we are allowed to criticize things. Art is art and you yeah. can be critical of art, but it doesn't mean that that art isn't valid being critical. There's a difference between saying this wrestler fucking sucks and, oh, this is not my favorite wrestler. I don't don't really like them. There's, there's a difference. There's a difference, 100%. And that it's a pretty massive difference because you're not invalidating someone's art. You're just saying they're not my cup of tea. Yeah, it's... Uh... Yeah, and Daniel Bryan, listen, I never thought I'd see the day. Listen, I mean, I was still watching Raw when he gave his retirement speech, and, and I missed his whole career before that. So, obviously, you dig back in and, and just like, you know, me, Mr. being Mr. Smarty McSmartpants and his his Ring of Honor run, and yeah. I'll see that Daniel Bryan again, or Bryan Danielson again. Um, he was huge in AAW. Um, his his rivalry with Silas is still something that, that people in AAW talk about to this day. Um, I was, uh, they had, uh, my, um, my buddies, Brett or, uh, my buddies, Chad Diesel from that run the network here. They had Val Malone on who Silas's ex-wife, um, ex-manager, but she's talking about one time Silas and Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson wrestled at AAW and, uh, he's, his final countdown and, um, Silas's theme is, oh my God, it's the journey song. It's not separate ways. It's, um, don't stop believing. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is. Okay. So they had a battle between their songs before they even um... And then she said it was, and and Val's been all over the world, you know, as a, as a wrestling person. And it's still one of her favorite moments. And they weren't even in the ring yet. I'm going to have to have you make me like a Ring of Honor indie Daniel Bryanson, Daniel Bryanson, uh, Brian Danielson. 
<laughs> I just joked about that on my show and I did it. Uh, the uh, Brian Danielson uh, playlist and I'll have to figure something out because yeah. I, I need to watch a blind spot for me is what you cover on your show is a, a lot of old ring of honor. And there's so much wrestling history steeped in ring of honor. And some, again, we talked about it at the top uh, about the shield being the biggest, uh, you know, the, the greatest faction of all time, if you're considering singles success, but like you said, Seth Rollins uh, being a, a big part of ring of honor I think that there's so many things and so many waypoints in wrestling history of the last. So I, I, I have a, I'm going to say this and I have a terrible time doing this because 20 years ago to me still is like the eighties, even though it's a hundred percent not. Uh, but the, the last 20 years worth of wrestling ring of honor is such a big part of that. And I know that I know the history and I know so much. We actually interviewed Gabe Sapolsky uh, at one point on a knife edge shop too, nice. which wow. was, which really was really cool and really uh, rewarding for me to, you know, talk to somebody that has his fingerprints on so much of wrestling history and I, ring of honor is such an integral part of that. You just look at the main event scene everywhere. You look at any, anything you, you go back to the summer of punk, you look at Samoa Joe and what he did and impact as a result of ring of honor. You yeah. look at Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn being uh, Sam, last year, last WrestleMania fucking Kevin Owens is having a match with stone cold, Steve Austin and Sami Zayn's having a match with the crew of Jackass. And uh, I, I get there's points in my life where I've been like, Sami Zayn is better than being in against the jackass guys. But if you really think about it from a wrestling standpoint, he's trusted enough to not accidentally kill Johnny Knoxville. And it's yeah. a, it's a, it was one of my favorite things on WrestleMania last year. I, I'm not afraid to say that. And then you see what Sami Zayn's doing now. And then you flip to AEW. You've got Adam Cole. It's, I mean, there's Ring of Honor is obviously so tied to AEW now, but there's so much history. AJ Styles, AJ Styles is a big is a big part of Ring of Honor history. Big names. So I think I have such a blind spot, and that's why I love your show because it, it ha helps me fill some of those blind spots. Briscoe Brothers, integral to tag team wrestling, one of the greatest tag team wrestling or tag team wrestlers of all time. Just bar none, you can't you can't take that away from them. They are one of the greatest tag teams, period, in wrestling. And Ring of Honor. Actually, you know, it's kind of tough to say at this point, but uh, you know, it says top five dead or alive, and you can't argue. I mean, with the accolades they have, you know, it's and, and someone literally Jay Briscoe literally wrestled the first match in Ring of Honor history. Wow. Yeah, like, you know, and they and they've never left, and you know, and they've they've definitely gone on. You know, they're NWA tag team champions. They're all over, you know, Japan and everything. You yeah. know, because you know the business model Ring of Honor had. They weren't running weekly, but um, obviously, I'm a huge Briscoe's fan. Um, you know, I talk about every week. Mark Briscoe is a goddamn national treasure. I'm happy now that he has a national platform. Uh, yes, sucks that it took what it took to get there, but I'm going to focus on the positive. Yes. Yeah. Brothers are our top five that are easily. Um, yeah. I don't think you know in twenty years. 20 yeah, years. I I think it's it's easy for uh, us. It, I I don't want to call us old heads, but kind of old heads with wrestling, especially if what what we appreciate and what we watch. I think it's real easy for to get stuck on 
the the things that happened in the territory era and the things that happened in the attitude era and i think it's really hard to lose focus of wrestling or it's really easy to lose focus of the quality of wrestling of the last 20 years and the the legacy that has been built on the backs of the work of the guys like the briscoes but yeah. you gotta give them their flowers you gotta say that they're up there and that one of the greatest of all time at top five I don't know. I don't, would you, I don't even know who I would, I'd have to think about it for a bit of like who I would put at like, and what rankings, uh, cause tag team wrestling, you know, is, is, yeah. is my favorite fucking part about wrestling. And I think if you're doing an all time list, you, you have to take into consideration all parts of wrestling and you're yeah. going to have some teams on there that are you know, better from the pageantry side and, you know, have more uh, pageantry there and character work. Uh, or, and then you're going to have the people that are more focused on work rate, things like that. Then you're going to have the Briscoes who have both. They have the the personality and the ring work to back it up. But like, I, I don't know, people still consider, uh, I don't know if I'm one of them, but I, people consider like the New Age Outlaws one of the greatest tag teams of all time. I I I don't know from a work rate standpoint. I agree, but from a hey everybody in the arena like overness standpoint, you you could make a case, but they're not better than the Briscoes, right? You know, I, there's no chance in hell the the Road Warriors. I I mean, up there for me, way up there for me. I mean, they have a pop named after them. I mean, there's a Road Warrior pop. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. I, it's it's hard to it's it's hard to discredit them but i would say they're the briscoe's work rates better but you just it's just it's different that's why it's so hard to to quantify and qualify yeah. the, the the greatest of all times and rank them because just like anything else you look at you look at basketball and uh i gotta i gotta say my team's coming into milwaukee to, tomorrow as of this recording uh milwaukee bucks are on a 16 game win streak i'm i'm uh, uh i'm i gotta i'm rooting against them i'm rooting against the bucks but i i, I can't you can't ha you can't hate Giannis. but you the same thing with with basketball and other sports the games change so much at various rule changes it's so hard to to qualify one against the other but i, I the briscoes have have got to be up there there's there's no way that they're not top three i feel like okay. Um, I mean, the road warrior, the, the thing working in the road warriors favor, um, is obviously the amount of titles, you know, AWA, yeah. new Japan, all Japan, WWF, uh, WCW, NWA, whatever. Um, but their window was relatively short. I mean, yeah. maybe 10 years. Um, yeah. and, and don't get me wrong. They were fucking over, over. I mean, don't, yeah. get, I mean, but did they put on the most technical matches? No, you know, but they weren't supposed to. Yeah. Right. Well, I think that like you, you gotta, I don't know, Steiners would probably be up there. Dudley boys got to be up there. Edge and Christian got to be up there. Hardy's got to be up there. I, I, you, you, those, those three attitude era tag teams are, are all up there, but I don't, I don't know. Do you, where do you rank? Cause the same thing can be said for Edge and Christian, their run at the top uh, as a tag team wasn't that long either. Yeah. Tr truly. And uh, I mean, Dudley boys are really the only kind of like in sheer numbers of years, yeah. uh, promotions and titles that really can, and which kind of shocks me. You don't think that, but the Dudley boys had a good fucking run. They really, yeah, were. they did. Yeah. Uh, everywhere, everywhere across 
so many promotions across so many years. I, I mean, ECW being ECW originals helps them and, you know, being part of so many matches gimmick wise, get the tables that that was such a seminal moment for so many people just, you know, remembering that and just, you know, popping so hard for that as, as a, as a young guy, I, I think, I, I don't know. It's such a, it's a tough debate, but it's hard for me to really put one above the other, yeah. but the Briscoes, if I, if you forced me to do it, the Briscoes would would be way 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 up there yeah and um well i mean the young bucks yeah I mean, bucks yep and doing 15 20 all over the world you know so it, it's 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 a tough call i mean i say they're definitely top i mean because i i couldn't even rank but i say they're definitely top five that are alive um obviously i mean you know anyone that listens to ring of honor everybody knows i am a briscoe's mark um they were part of one of my favorite matches uh my first ring of honor show uh, which happened to coincide the same day of the last episode of the right knife edge chop, but I won't get into that part of the <laughs> uh, was uh, it was the Briscoes and Bully Ray speaking of the Delhi boys uh, versus Dalton Castle and the war boys. So it was war machine dressed up as the boys. Oh, one that's of the funnest awesome. matches to this day I've ever seen live. That's awesome. Um, yeah. And I, I loved I, war machine that war machine, another tag team that I feel like could have, could have, they could be more than they are. Uh, but they just haven't been booked the greatest. But they're, I love War Machine. I loved War Machine and Ring of Honor. Yeah, loved them. Because they are WWE, that's their style. Yeah. And they've I got personality, but. I don't get it either. I don't get it either. Yeah. I Well, I think the 15 gimmick changes in a week didn't help them either right off the bat. But What uh, were they called? The Viking experience for a minute? Yeah. Is that what it was? Yeah. Like, come on. Each. I come mean, on. I, I get it. I mean, they are a public traded company. You can't have war in people's name. I get it. You know. Sure. Yeah, yeah that's fair. Experience is like, come on. Yeah, but um, uh, but yeah, to circle back as we went on a hell of a tangent. Yeah, we uh, did. Rockstar Pro listed. You guys, I mean, you guys talked me in the building. I mean, I drove all the way from Idaho to go see a Rockstar Pro show in Ohio. Um, yes. That's Iowa, Idaho, the one. <laughs> Uh, for for the the geographically challenged people of the the Midwest and the East Coast, um, you know, obviously my dad was living out there um, at the time, but I mean, I was going to go out there anyways. Um, but yeah, talk about. So I know you've seen them some names. I am kind of digging at one particular story. Hopefully, mm-hmm. I can get that out of you. Um, but you've seen. I mean, you've seen Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see a lot of people that are on currently on TV. I always say like when um, MSK is what they were called. Uh, Zach and uh huh. Um, in NXT, when they won, when they won the titles, it was a big moment for me because I remember seeing Zachary runs jump, talk off, or jump off a fucking taco truck in front yep. of like thirty people in that arena. It was like a Wednesday night taping show. Yeah, you know? and I was in like and to see these guys at the pinnacle. Um, and I, I do think that that he got shafted, but that's another story for another time. I, you know, I but I'll just get past that. Um, yes. Um, where's I going with this? Oh, but yeah, just people that you've seen that weren't necessarily part of, I mean, obviously Rockstar Pro, they had a huge lineup, like I said. Um, obviously the Chris brothers are running it, but Sandy was going through there, Trey Miguel, uh, yep. Myron Reed, uh, you know, the Rascals. Um, who else have you seen that kind of stopped through that really kind of resonated with you? Are you, I see so you said you were digging for someone. There's, <laughs> there's a, there's a specific person. I don't know if this is the person you're digging for. I'll, I'll get to the, the person, but I, I've seen, so I saw um, Naito in fucking Dayton, Ohio, which was a big deal. Yeah, it, that that shit was insane to me that I was watching because that was at the height of 
around the time I was watching more New Japan than anything, I feel like. I even had uh, Los Ingobernables de Japón hats. Like I, I had them imported trucker hats. I still have them. So it was a big deal to see Naito. It was one of the biggest names that I had seen to come through there. I saw Sandman do his his shtick as an old man, walk on chairs, pour beer on everyone, which was fucking brilliant for me. I loved to see that. Uh, Metal, I, Brian Cage, a lot, lot of names, but uh, I would say my personal favorite, I don't know if this is the person you want me to say, is is Tommy End, Aleister Black, Malachi, Malachi Black, whatever, whoever you want to call him, is probably the name for me that was the biggest name that I saw in that building or my, not the biggest name, but my favorite name that I saw in that building. He came in, it was a Wednesday, uh, Wednesday night. We usually went to the Friday night shows that yeah. monthly, but they ran a weekly Wednesday show called Ant, And we went for a taping of that because Tommy fucking end was going to be there. And up to that point, Tommy end, it was his, uh, goodbye to the Indies tour. He was joining WWE and it was his goodbye to the Indies tour. And I'd only seen Tommy end in progress uh, with the Sumerian death squad. And he just was someone that I was obsessed with. And he came in there. It was like the, the dead of summer. And it, you know, these places where they run independent shows, it was a small place. It's fucking 99 degrees in there. He, uh, an unnamed uh, person uh, versus the uh, Zachary Wentz and uh, Wes Lee. Uh, they, that was, it was a tag team match and they just tore the house down and Tommy and just put like, it was like he was wrestling at WrestleMania. It's like he was giving as much effort as you would expect him to give at WrestleMania. And after that, he was probably dying. He was out of breath. He came into the lobby, took pictures with everyone, was just the nicest, just the nicest fucking person. When I get off of my shift, I don't want to talk to anyone. I don't want when I, because I'm not, a, neither of us are podcasters professionally, right? So we all, we have our, we have our nine to five jobs, but when, when I'm off of work, I'm, I'm like, okay, I focused all my energy on this, doing this well. And Tommy End fucking did that and then came out and was like, hey, everyone, I'm the nicest person, actually. And honestly, it hurts his gimmick more than anything because that man is scary as fuck. He is scary. And he's a legit badass. He could just he, like, but he, I feel like he could steal my soul, just kill me in two seconds. But he is so nice. And that was probably, it's, it's my favorite match that I watched there. And I watched a lot. Zach, Zach Wentz, you mentioned him. He had a reign at the top. There's a, I'm not trying to be difficult by omitting names here, but it's, there's just a lot of, there's just a lot of shit wrapped up into rockstar pro, but Zachary Wentz had a reign, uh, as the world, not the world champion, the main championship there, the rock rockstar pro championship. He had a reign at the top where he was kind of always, he was known as the kid. That's how I, I, heard him referred to and that's uh he he was the kid he was the young guy there and he was uh trained by uh, the person he turned turned on it was that the teacher versus master thing and he had this run at the top that was this is what i was talking about when i said lightning in a bottle uh zach wentz 
his time as Rockstar Pro Champion, that reign, his heel turn, I just it was some of the most fun I've ever had at wrestling. The most fun I've had at wrestling. I just remember he was the heel, and he had a group of people, I think his girlfriend at the time, uh, that were were cheering for him nonstop, and it was all young people. And they would they would be doing sick sick dude was his thing. He was like out of this world, and he would be like sick dude. And in the matches, I think he had a great match with Sammy Callahan. And uh, we would be like competing chants. And in small rooms, I just remember being like, God, these fucking kids, they're fucking rooting for Zach Wentz. And just be like, no. And just remembering this rivalry we had across the ring with those fans. Because we would bring uh, at least three, but sometimes six people, nine people to, and we would just take the whole front, the one side of the front row. And I just, those were the, the, the funnest times were Zach Wentz's heel turn and reign as, as rockstar champion. And I, I don't, I don't know if you'll ever hear this. I don't know if I've said that anywhere, but here I've talked fondly about him, but that was probably, he was one of the best things about rockstar pro and his journey and his rivalry with Wesley as well. Like Wesley was another integral part of, of that there. And it, but those were some of the most fun I've ever had watching pro wrestling. Yeah, it was, it was, they definitely had a good run from like 15 to roughly about 18 or so. Yeah. Uh, you know, a great business model, something that if I ever had money, I would follow because basically, like you said, they had the amped every Wednesday night, you yep. know, they ran every week and they, I'm pretty sure they own that building. Like, I think yes. that was, yeah. You know, so it's theirs. And then they'd have a monthly pay-per-view and it's a great, you know, and they said, yeah, ownership of the building. And I know they had concerts in there once in a while. Yes, uh, they did. Yeah. They had a, it was a, I think that was primarily what they used it for originally. And then, cause there was this area, the Cincy Dayton area, there were three promotions. Well, Heartland wrestling wasn't, I, I, I don't know if it was located in Cincinnati. They ran shows here all the time. And that was where uh, Mox primarily came up. Uh, he, but also NWF is, is local to Cincinnati and then uh Rockstar. So there was those were like the three kind of competing promotions and and Heartland is is defunct now but or somebody brought it back I think I don't fucking know. But it's the the original uh Heartland is 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 done. But that was they that building was mainly used for concerts and wrestling and uh I I know that there's a lot of people that saw shows there but I, I remember it as a wrestling place. Yeah, and um I do, I was um, subscribed to Rock the the network for a while. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they still have the network, but you can. They are still on high spots. So anybody yes. wants to check back out and um, you know, and I'll get some dates and stuff like that. So because I know we were at the um, well, we were at the Killer Christmas show, but um, we were just right by some really obnoxious and assholes. So we had to go because um, Faith was not comfortable. Um, I will say this, and uh, not thinking that this is the general vibe of anything, but, uh, my last AEW show was at Dayton and I had seen, I was at the Cincinnati show, uh, prior in, in 2022. I will say this Dayton wrestling fans are different than other fans. I, I, I didn't realize it until I got, I got there for the AEW show. It, it's 
a very, uh, and I'm not saying I'm not a smart before. I'm not saying I'm not a smart Mark, but there's a lot of people focused on getting themselves over and be like, look at, Hey, look at me. I'm so funny. Look at this chant. Uh, and just a bunch of, I I'm, I'm not going to say, I, I don't want to just generalize an entire city's worth of wrestling fans, but the crowd is, is different than Cincinnati. It felt like back, back to what I was saying earlier, uh, at least at this AEW show, it felt like they were there not to have fun. And yeah. that's, it, it, is that kind of similar, like some asshole fans, like it, why are you, why are you here? You're, you're here. And why, if you're not here to have fun, the Cincinnati show, which I'm sure a lot of people from Dayton came down for and a lot of people from, uh, so I don't, I'm not, I don't know really the amounts of people that came from each show, obviously, but it, there, there's definitely a different vibe uh, to Dayton wrestling fans, at least also specifically, I can speak to rockstar pro fans, not all of them, but there are certain subsections that were just fucking insufferable, insufferable. Yeah, and yeah. there, there, I, I am, I bet you, I, if I could see who it was, or I bet you, if you, you, I, I could narrow it down to like 10 people. If I, <laughs> there's no way I could show you how it would be, show you that, but I guarantee you, I know the person, not, not personally. I know of the person and I've seen the person that was asshole fans next to you in faith. I know that. Yeah. It was, it just seemed like it was a couple of guys that were there just to be assholes, like not even for the wrestling and they didn't kind of realize what the, how wrestling worked it, you know? So um, it is what it is. You know, I, you know, my wife's much her, her well mental health is well more important than a wrestling show. So absolutely. A absolutely. And I, and I think that it's, it's not again to not generalize every wrestling fan from Dayton, but I'll, it just is a different vibe. I don't, I don't know what it is. Yeah. And I really realized that the last time I was, I was there for AEW. It just doesn't feel like people are there to have fun. And that's how it felt a lot uh, at rockstar. Sometimes looking back on it, we i had so much fun but it felt like i i don't know what it is about wrestling fans sometimes they just want to be miserable <laughs> i don't get it either but um it kind of worked out i mean we did have a 12-hour drive back to wisconsin after the show so we just got to start two hours earlier so that's yeah, okay. not, yeah not bad could have could have worked could have could have been worse right yeah it could have been a lot worse so but um yeah Charlotte, i i don't think they really can't because i know they moved out of that building i don't know if they sold it because they were running somewhere else just before the pandemic. And I don't think yeah. they really ever came back. Uh, uh, yeah, they, they ran a, they ran a different building. I think they owned the other building uh, as well. I think they sold it. I don't even know to tell you the truth. I'm not even sure if that building is standing still. I, I assume that it is the old building, but they opened up like a, I want to say they called it like turnbuckles and brews or something. Yeah. It was like a, it was like a gastro pub or some kind of, it wasn't a brewery, but they were, it was like craft beer focused, I think. And I, uh, the craft beer boom is over. I'm not saying it's a bust. I'm not saying the bubble burst, but the craft beer boom is over. And it just seemed, I, I, they're not running. They haven't run shows there in a while, but they, they did that just pre pandemic. And then they ran a couple of shows throughout the, the greater pandemic time throughout the last couple of years. But I don't feel like they've had a show there since sometime in 2022, maybe even before that. So, um, but yeah, they, they had a great run. Uh, listen, a lot of that stuff's still out there. You'll see a lot of people you see on TV. Uh, the first time I saw Jake something was in that building. Um, so first, 
Check first out. time I ever, uh, first time I ever saw Danhausen was there, and it was okay. when he was out of makeup. He was just known as Donovan Danhausen. Uh, and wild, wild to see what he's become now and how over he is. He, one of the smartest guys in wrestling, I think, to, from a character standpoint and just business standpoint, one of the smartest people in wrestling. And it it was weird to see him. I've seen a lot, like like I said, I've seen a lot of guys and, and gals come come through that building. Billy Starks is, is another person that's really coming up. I I must have seen one of her first matches yeah. uh, at, at, because, and she's going to be a star. She's already a star. Billy Starks, she, she's wonderful, and she's getting she's she's getting kind of the the play that she's yeah. she she's been trying to get so i mean she just turned 18 it's wild it's wild yeah she's just yeah, just finishing up a tour in japan it's like god damn so um but real quick to kind of put a bowl on rockstar pro and kind of pull up to our friendship uh so we had met like i said you guys were doing the knife edge chop and i was in the middle of idaho uh stanley idaho a town of 63 people you yeah. know you know in the winter time it might be 36 um, you know, listening every week, listening at the gas station and everything. And you guys had talked about, um, you know, somebody getting hurt in a rockstar pro. Cause he, so it was, it was Mason, right? Cutter. Yeah. It was Mason Cutter. Basically did a flip. Uh, if I remember correctly, I've not actually even seen this match. I I don't know if I want to, but basically he did a moonsault off the apron and then basically shattered his shin bone on the. Yeah. The, the ring, I think that they had, it was like some weird gimmick match. It was like half of a cage is some, some gimmick match and the ring I think was closer or the railings, the barricades were closer and it's just, just regular like fence that you would see at like any sporting event. It's that, that metal, like with the slats in between. And he did a uh, moonsault off of the ropes and hit both of his shins onto the railing. And it sounded like two baseball bats hitting each other just at the same time. I've heard nothing like it. And they, they immediately stopped the match, of course. But he had two compound fractures in bo- both legs. One was real bad, but he had he had two compound fractures. And it's, it's so weird. After that, it was horrific. And I, I think that was the match. That was the night that Sammy Callahan became the Rockstar Pro champion and beat Zach Wentz and ended Zach Wentz's run I, I, I'm not sure. I feel like somebody told me cause we were kind of in, in with, with the wrestlers there with some of them. Uh, I think w- that, that they told us they called an audible because they wanted to leave everyone feeling good because yeah. they, we all witnessed this horrific thing, but it's funny. I wasn't aware of her at the time. Do you know who started that original GoFundMe that we met off of? Cause we, oh. Ian and I did a show, a, a podcast episode about that. And talked about this GoFundMe and that was where you you ended right. up donating to it and right. and basically shouted us out as why you donated but Jordan Grace is the one that started that GoFundMe oh, it was before I yeah I'd never heard of her I didn't know of her then but to see what she's become now is is wild she's she's big time now but Jordan Grace uh, started that GoFundMe which was uh it's weird to to see that now but uh, yeah, and that's and that's like uh, what you brought up. That's where where we kind of met from. Uh, did you, did you reach out? You you put that in Go like in the GoFundMe. Did you also reach out about it? I feel like you did somewhere. I did. Um. So basically, yeah. So I put it in there, not even thinking that you guys would even ever see it or anything like that. But I'm just like, hey, I just wanted people to know. Check out this great podcast. It was a big influence. And then you guys talked about it on the episode. That's right. That's right. We said, hey, we saw somebody shouted us out. Yeah. 
And I was like, and listen, I remember I re- remember reading this, and I still have the episode on my iTunes. Um, I don't know how, but um, oh, if you can know. somehow get me that, because I don't have any of the old knife edge chop ones. There's oh. some that are still preserved on the internet. Yeah. Uh, one way or another. I don't know how you could get it to me, but there's there's the knife edge shop. There's there's I think Ian has them all saved somewhere, but I, I would love to re-listen to some of those old ones. It was episode uh, episode 79 and it said something about like you know, one of our fans did something. I'm like, oh whatever. And I remember I was at the because I used to work at the gas station in Stanley. Um, and during the winter, the gas station's a little slow, so you could listen to podcasts and stuff like that. And I remember like Oh shit! I'm like, wow, they actually like actually brought this up. So I was like, holy shit! So I reached out to the Knife Edge Chop Facebook fan and like, you know, I'm like, okay, this is Psycho Tom, blah blah blah. And I told and I I put in the message. I'm like, I'm not making this up because this is how I spelled it, you know, because someone would you know, so someone would know. And then yeah, yeah, I started talking to Ian and started talking to you guys, and here we are, you know, six years later. It's wild, it's wild, but that's, that's, that's how back, how deep we go back is that you were, yeah. I, were you, I don't know if you were high, were you still high five Tom then, but now. Oh, yeah, that was, I was still a uh, psycho Tom slash uh, Tom the bomb at that point. So that's, uh that's been, that was always my, my favorite thing. And it's a reoccurring uh, joke, not so much anymore now, uh, but yeah. it was for a while where, uh, cause your wife listens to uh, the wrestle special. And I, sometimes it's funny enough. Sometimes I'm talking more to her about the show than I am you, because she'll write she'll write some mailbag questions in. And I did one uh, about uh, which it was the Taylor Swift, uh, yep. and, and she responded to me. But I called the first time she wrote into the mailbag. I called her sane faith because you're psycho Tom, and and, and so I I we go so way back that you were psycho Tom then. Yeah um so that was i was i was trying to find maybe i could throw it on here on the clip or whatever um yeah and that was like the first time someone had showed me out on a podcast and was and like i said and you have to understand where i mean i'm literally living you know 60 miles from the nearest stoplight during the winter um i loved it i mean i love my winters out there um but it was i mean you guys really kept me in the loop uh with this indie wrestling thing and then i could finally get some internet access to actually dig into it but um I'll have to see if I can find that. Uh, yeah, I, oh, not sorry. something you have to do. Not something you have to do now. No, but it's it's. Uh, I don't know how easy it will be for you to find. Are you looking for the GoFundMe or the episode? Yep, or uh, the episode I have on my iTunes because I still have my iTunes on my old laptop. See, that's exactly. man. I wish I had those episodes because I love those. Those would. Ian posted something not too long ago. Uh, it was a picture when we met Steamboat at a Rockstar Pro show, and it just was those that season of life was such a, was such a joyous uh, time for me uh, of going to those shows and doing that podcast with Ian uh, was a, was such a, was such a great time. And I still have my knife edge chop t-shirt by the way. Oh shit. I still do too. I still have mine. I still have mine. I'm i uh, I'm going to, I'm going to be working. I think this year I'm going to start to do something more merch oriented with the wrestle special, but that, there's all the wrestle special merch is uh, very, very limited. It's limited runs, special edition based off of various episodes, at least. Um, Yeah, this action pack. So it was knife edge chop episode 79, uh, a bunch of uh, Spanish words, El Desmarados y Cabrones episodio. Um, wonder wonder why what wonder what we did there was i remember there was one time somebody insulted us in spanish and we 
like on our on Facebook, they 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 like got into an argument with us on Facebook. So that might have been that because we were trying to to address it and hoped that that person would listen. That, I don't know. That's hilarious. But yeah, the, the description is uh, this action packed episode kicks off with a massive shout out to the generosity of one of our fans in the discussion of the community of pro wrestling. Plus, mm. a look back at the life of uh, Ivan Koloff, uh, El- Michael Elgin's new Glory Pro Wrestling promotion. Uh, from there, Travis and Ian look at the recent PWG event, the issues between Cody Rhodes and Trevor Lee, which, wow, Jesus Christ. Trevor Lee and Cody Rhodes. Wow. Uh, wow. Which leads to a deep discussion on social media and wrestling, plus a classic Ian rant on the Kardashians rocking KWO shirts. Um, reviews of PWX, C- uh, CCW, ICW, and the Cars from Beyond, Progress, New Japan, Evolve, Stardom, and much more. Dig it. Uh, from February 22nd, 2017. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. That's a. So if you just even listen to all the wrestling we were covering at that point, like P- PWX. Like what? I, I, Glory Pro Wrestling? We were talking about Michael Elgin. Uh, that's way different now to when you're talking about Michael Elgin's way yeah. different vibe now. But I remember Glory Pro coming out. That's so weird to hear some of those those things I haven't thought about. PWX was running. Uh, they were I, they had a run of shows that I think were pretty good that uh, I we wanted to check out because it started to get, get some buzz. But we were covering way too much way too much wrestling and it's funny one of the one of the things that came out of it is we uh at least i was told this i don't i don't know we were part of part of the inspiration for another podcast that was local to this area called the road home from wrestling yeah. and they be- they became the uh, the de facto they became kind of the midwest uh, indie scene for a while. They they were covering pretty much anything in this area. They were driving to it, but uh, and then they would record. It was a great gimmick. They would record the podcast on the road home from wrestling in the car. So yeah. it was a it was a great gimmick from them. But that time, man, that was such a blast from the past. Hearing that description and it, we were we covered so much. That was one of the reasons I, I would say we. We ended the show because we got so burnt out. It probably wasn't long after that that we. Do you remember when we added the second show back? Um. Yeah. It was. I don't know if I have anything. Um. It writes. It was, itself. It was. Yeah. It writes itself. That was our WWE. That was our WWE yeah, show. Because only four or five. Because yeah, the last the last episode came out. Uh, it was yeah April twenty eighth two thousand seventeen. Because my first ring up. Because I said I was living in Idaho, but I would come home for a month. Yeah, seasonally said I have a month off, so I come home see my mom and everything. Um, and Ring of Honor happened to be in Milwaukee when I was home. Oh shit! Um, so yeah, it was it was my first Ring of Honor, which is actually my second show back in because that was my second show back into live wrestling when I came back from wrestling. Because you know, obviously, I don't have wrestling in a town of thirty six people. You know, right, right. I, I, I wish I did, but um. You know, so just listening, I mean, you guys really kind of kept me abreast of like, and you guys were covering Ring of Honor and stuff like that. And that was a prime time because on that card, like I said, it was the Briscoes, Blair Ray. Um, but yeah, it was the Young Bucks versus, um, God, what did they come out as? Um, but it was the Afflictor. Uh, what were Daniels and Kazarian's name? Why am I spacing all of a sudden? Uh, SCU? Fiction. When oh! Fiction. Yeah, but they came out as the Road Warriors. The Addiction. Uh, Oh my God. I forgot about them being known as that. You're totally right. That is a, wow. Another thing I haven't thought about in a while. 
Wow. But I mean, you know, and actually one thing, and this really pertains to now, but we saw Adam Cole wrestle on excursion, Jay White. Wow. Yeah. yeah, that's like that's big time. That's a cool, that's a cool thing because that's to see where he is now. And then also with all the rumors surrounding him, but I, I I don't know. He by the time somebody's listening to this, he may already be in WWE, but that's the that's the hot goss right now is that he's he's gonna be in the WWE at some point. Yeah, so so we shall see. So um but yeah, so I mean it was like one of the best days, and like you know, and not to be this guy, but I mean I have to admit, like I said, I was pretty heartbroken. I was like, God damn. Like, this is such a big part of my life. I mean, obviously, life happens. Yeah. You know, and then when well, this is actually a really good segue, Travis, then about a year later, I get a text message from you. Tom, I'm starting a new podcast. And uh, <laughs> life got a bit better. So I yeah. was, we were on excursion uh, back in Wisconsin for, uh, we came back home from the winter after we got married. And uh, yeah, I remember sitting on the shitter, getting that text message uh, from you. And then uh, the rest is history. So um travis tell us about the wrestle special yeah the wrestle special man uh my my brainchild uh, immediately after and first off uh it means a lot to me that you the show was such, that knife and shop was such a big part of your life and it means a lot to me still to this day that you were uh one of the the people that like probably one of the first listeners besides my wife uh to to really uh, actually support me in this new venture because it is for Ian was well versed in this game. It was not his first podcast. It was not his first rodeo, obviously. And for me, uh, branching out on my own, there was a lot of trepidation. But I knew I wanted to stay doing wrestling wrestling podcasts, and it took me about a year to get everything uh, yeah. going. And and I, you know, something else was coming. And uh, the wrestle special is what i and it's it's still is is it's a living it's a living thing because it's still going on right and it's it's changing and it's changed so much from the the early days but i started playing around with this idea of well what am i because i we got burnout that was one of the reasons knife head shop ended was because we were covering so much and doing too much and it just honestly we probably shouldn't have ended it. We probably should have taken a break or something. Uh, something we 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 should have done something. Re redid the show or did something differently. But it, it, there's such a stress to grow and do things and feel like there's a payoff to the work that you're putting in. Uh, I, I I wanted to look at podcasting a little different, uh, but I I started to think about what is what's what is no one doing in the pro wrestling podcast space. There's a bunch of people that are giving match reviews. They're reviewing the re they're reviewing a raw. Like, I think that's a podcast type review a raw, you know, they're, they're doing all of these things and they're, they're commenting on these things. And I, so those things are out there always. So somebody's always going to be talking about that. It's going to be hard to compete against that. On top of that, there's also a bunch of people that know more about pro wrestling than I do. I, uh, the, Chris Jericho it has a podcast. Uh, does he still, does he still, yeah. does he still do talk as Jericho? I don't even, I haven't listened to, but that was one of the first podcasts I listened to wrestling or not. It was one of the first podcasts I listened to. And, uh, and, and Meltzer has his own thing. You know, there are people that know more wrestling and have opinions. So, so basically I decided, Hey, 
there are going to be people that know more wrestling than me. And there's going to be people that people want to hear their opinions on wrestling more than they'd want to hear my opinion. Some guy from Cincinnati, Ohio. So what am I, what am I going to do? What is the wrestle special going to be? And before I had the name, I had this idea, the show never was this, but the original idea was going to be a, even though I've called it this a variety show where there'd be different segments, it was almost going to be like a, a talk show kind of thing is what I, what, the best way I can explain it. Not a talk show, a late night show where you have different gimmicks and different things uh, and segments within an overall show. And it didn't end up becoming that, but what it did become was me talking about wrestling in a way that I hadn't heard people talk about. And the idea of the show initially, and still is going to get back to this is now 229 episodes later is that the wrestle special was going to evangelize pro wrestling. It was uh, my goal was to be get, get and expose people to pro wrestling in ways that they never had before. So I started with talking about things like uh, the first episode was which era of Shawn Michaels, where we discussed and debated the best Shawn Michaels. And that's kind of self-explanatory. But then I did things like my fourth episode was who would win in a death match tournament between all the Disney princesses. Mm -hmm. And then wrestling is beer. A lot in those early days, there were a lot of wrestling is episodes, which should be coming back, but where I would view things, other things in life through the lens of pro wrestling and talk to someone else about th those things and try to get them to see, hey, wrestling is everything. Wrestling is all around us, but wrestling is everything. Anything that you like, wrestling is also that. And yeah. you would like pro wrestling because of what you're already telling me you like. And then uh, over the years, the uh, the first year, I just did it bi-weekly. And then I think the second year was when I decide, decided that I needed to go to weekly. Like I, if I was going to do it, I needed to, I needed to really hone in. Maybe it was the third year. What do you remember what year it was when I started doing mini soaps? Roughly about a year in. I, I thought so because I decided I, if I was going to do this, I needed the only way the show was going to grow was going to have, have more of a catalog yeah. out there. So then uh, fast forward to like, cause there's Attitude Reflections with my mom, which was one of my favorite episodes because I love my mom. The Great Money in the Bank heist. That was an episode where Matt and I built um, a, not a stable, but our Ocean's Eleven crew of, out of wrestlers, who we would rob a bank with out of wrestlers. So things like that. Yeah, it was, you're right. It was, it was uh, wrestling is uh, Richards, which I just talked about pro wrestlers named Dick. And then <laughs> what it, the first minisode I did, my first solo show was what if three, six mafia did every WWE superstars theme. So it's, it's been, it's been all over the place and I wanted it to be something different and for better or for worse, I can 100% say there's not a wrestling podcast out there like the wrestle special. Would you, would you agree with that? Yeah. A hundred percent. And it's in the best compliment possible. Um, <laughs> yeah. For me. And obviously even for me, it was, you know, listen, people, um, listen, I, I, I was listening to podcasts way before I ever started to like actually do a podcast. Um, and like, it becomes part of your life. And like I said, obviously we're friends in real life and, and everything, but what was, uh, because it dropped every Friday morning 
And when I started my my job at the call center, because um, when we moved, so how do I explain it? where I started? So basically, Faith and I moved back to Wisconsin in December 2018. We had a real tough time finding jobs. Um, it was getting, it was getting, you know, rough, things were getting a little tight. We were staying at my mom's, so we had a place to live and everything. But life was not awesome. Um, you know, I, I joke around my first job I had, I had for a day. My second job I had for a week. My third one I had for a fucking month. So I got hired on the call center. Not an ideal job, but as a company I wanted to work for. But you dropped every Friday morning, you know, and Friday mornings are tough. So you, like, you became part of my, my Friday morning routine. Which was always pretty odd, and it's still to this day. I mean, listen, yeah. I, every Friday morning, um, you know, I listen to the wrestle special, and my boys banned from ringside after that. So just becoming like, I mean, I remember when you recently re-released the the rock line episode. Yes, yeah, that was a little bit longer, so I had to finish that one. I remember sitting there at lunch, uh, listening to that, and I'm like, God, I can't remember what actor it was, but I'm like, how the fuck are they bull? What are you guys talking about? There, and then I'm like. Oh yeah, they're way above the rock line. Um, so it's just kind of cool, like how, how podcasts become part of like your routine in your life, and you're you're my Friday morning routine. So, and that that means the world to me. I mean, I think you you understand this as a podcaster yourself that when what you're creating resonates with someone, there's there's no greater fucking feeling. And I uh, sometimes it may not seem like it with some things because some of my ideas let's say are extra off the wall. And, uh, but when it resonates with someone, I put a lot of time and energy into ideating and creating yeah. new things that, uh, coming up with ideas that no one else is doing or no one else has put through the lens of wrestling yet, you know? And, um, it, it anytime anyone likes something that I put out there, it's the payback for, the, all the effort and the energy and the time and the stress and the thoughts about, oh, was this good enough? Did I, did I do this? Did, was this, was, oh man, did that, was that good? You know, it, it makes all of those things worth it. And so that, I mean, I, the fact that you have been such a, a, a big part of the base of the wrestle special has always meant the, the fucking world to me. So I, 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 I can't tell you how much it means to me that that you still that you still listen five years later and you've you've heard it all. I, I mean, you've heard the show's pretty different than than it started. I would say just mostly because ninety percent of the time, maybe even more, I did just record an episode with someone. It's just me, and that was kind of born out of the pandemic and those initial times. Because there for a while, I was uh, I had. When I went to weekly, it was minisodes and then it would just be me. And yeah. then there would be a full episode with a guest. And the pandemic forced my hand because people, we, I mean, early days, you weren't seeing anybody. You were, you were, I was, we were, you weren't fucking going outside really, you know, you know, in the, the first bit. And right there, I, I ran into, oh, okay. So what am I, what am I going to do? What, how am I going to record this and and how am I going to keep this show going? And I I guess I'm going to have to do it all by myself entirely. And that was before I would say everyone got on like we're we're doing this over over the night. You are higher. You are more technologically advanced than I am in podcasting right now because of 
you being on the Zoom train, but I, I think I got set in my ways a little bit too much. But that was before every, Zoom became the thing in everyone's life, you know. The and and people started doing more content like that. But uh, I've stayed mostly in my lane. But uh, I would say the show has 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 is, is it's weird. But I think if people give it a chance, they'll they'll enjoy it because it's it's definitely not like any other wrestling podcast. <laughs> Which is, I mean, which is, is is the key, you know, and it's tough to do it in this day and age because there are probably, and I'm not exaggerating, would you say probably at least a hundred thousand wrestling podcasts out there? Oh, without a, without a doubt. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that's an exaggeration. Uh, I, I, there's, there's, I mean, so many podcasts in general and wrestling is just a small niche of that, but I would say that's not an over-exaggeration at all. Yeah. Well, there's other podcasts besides wrestling podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Believe it or not. Right. Yeah, and because yeah, and what started me on on wrestling podcast was when I like I told you on pre productions, you know Clark Howard, but Clark Howard is on the same network as as Stone Cold Steve Austin, and uh, the, Steve, the Steve Austin podcast. I'm like, wait, so they just talk like long form from like from the hip, you know? And it was just a progression of of from there. And then how I found Knife Edge Chop. Um, listen, I used to I listen to this podcast called the Broad Street Breakdown, uh, from Brilliant Paths from Jedi Mind Tricks, which I got yes. Uh, but Ian and, and uh, Vinny are friends, you know, so and then in, uh, Vinny popped it. So I'm like, oh, I'll check this out. And then, you know, here we go. I mean, six and a half plus years later, I do need to be better about the Instagram because face on Instagram. So she sees all the mailbag class. I'm like, damn. And then she'll tell me, I'm like, OK, let me think about it. And then I'll forget. It's like, damn it. So but she was really I, swift one. So. I need to be better about Instagram, too, period. <laughs> Just p- posting more. But that's that's one of those things. I think the when you podcast for longer, it's it's, anytime that you're trying to like promote yourself is difficult. I think it's, it's a hard, hard thing. It's a, it's something about podcasting. That's probably the most exhausting thing for me is the promoting yourself. And I think I probably, one of the things that I've done the worst uh, with the wrestle special is not being as active on social media, but man, it's just so it's so tough the the amount of time that I put into the ideation and uh, sometimes you know data collecting is, is tough and uh, you know we all we all have lives outside of podcasting we I talked about how you know you're you're going to work after this probably right yeah. uh, and you know I you know we we all have our our life and it, it's it's tough to devote more time than to what you're doing what I'm doing already with with it and social media is is one of those things where I'm like, every time I'm like, I, I know, I know I could be doing, doing better with this, but I, you know, I put all my energy into the show and, and hope people will, will find it through word of mouth and, and things like that. And the, the, a couple of times that I post on Instagram uh, every month or the random, oh my God, I fucking love wrestling tweet that I put out whenever I'm watching wrestling. I feel like all of my tweets are the same because they're always, I love God. I love wrestling because <laughs> I'm just watching it and reacting, reacting to it in the moment. Yeah. And it's tough. Cause like, I mean, we talked about earlier, you know, social media is such a cesspool. So like, you don't want to be on there very often. Listen, I'm really bad also about promoting on social media. Um, you know, obviously I'll, I'll put this over, you know, obviously, but you know, I, I'm pretty lucky. I've got a couple of people that listen to the show that put it over for me. So that always helps. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's, that's just the community aspect, but uh, for, for sure. And that, that's the, the sign of a good podcaster, you know, is, is the community, community that you've built and you've, that's what you're doing. 
Yeah. And it's, um, you know, with, with my ring of honor, but you know, that was kind of like an inspiration for that because I mean, obviously your podcast is a very niche and so is, I mean, so is mine. So, I mean, there's so many podcasts, but a, I wanted to podcast about something I didn't know much about B that I really was intrigued about and see that someone's not really covering. So and ring of honor TV from 2013, um, you know, works. Cause I, I mean, I almost, you know, I, I told the story, I almost got into ring of honor cause I was living out in Massachusetts uh, in the fall of 2011, and that was that whole uh, Kevin Steen was coming back thing, and they're running shows, you know, Final Battle Hammer. So I remember kind of like hearing about it, like in the background, but um, but more about the wrestle special. I know I've I've texted you about these episodes, but obviously there's a couple, uh, one big one for me. But um, tell me about the Google Translate ones. I <laughs> love those. I'm like Travis, what the fuck are you thinking? And then it just comes all like podcast gold. I need to I need to redo that. I retired them after Scott Hall died. Uh as if you remember. I well I did, I guess I said that I felt like it was the last one because it was such a weird profound thing, but the Google Translate uh episodes were where I took uh various promos throughout the years, the the most famous promos and put them through Google Translate multiple times. So I would go from English to Russian to Chinese to Japanese to Indian to Azerbaijani to Swahili and then translate it back to English and then read the promo to see how much that it changed. And there are a lot of interesting results that came out of that. Uh, and those were, I love doing those. And those were some of my favorite episodes are when I can uh, react kind of in real time with the listener as well. And that's, that's one of those moments is, is those, I think I did three or four of them, but the, the last one was, uh, when Scott Hall passed away, I did his, uh, was it, I think it was his bad guy, uh, his bad guy promo. Uh, and it, it was, or it was, what is it? What is his in? No, it was his NWO. You do not know why I'm here. You know, I, that, that was the last, that last promo. And I, you know, I should probably bring it out of retirement because it was a, I, it was a weirdly profound moment at the end of that episode because it translated into something that I took as, uh, you know, kind of solemn. He he had he had just passed and it just kind of felt like, damn, yeah, he, he's gonna last a le- have a legacy that lasts. And uh, I kind of was like, yeah, this is probably gonna be the last one, but I, you know. I should, I should bring them back. Maybe I'll do, I'm, I'm really thinking about, uh, and I don't mean to get ahead of myself here. I'm thinking about, we're coming up on the five-year anniversary of the wrestle special. And I'm thinking about how I can continue to make content that stays in the spirit of the wrestle special, that different, the, the different thing, but also be relevant and also make it, you know, as easy as possible that not every episode has to be me doing six hours of research like I do for the who is Mr. or Mrs. insert pay-per-view here. That takes a fuck ton of time. That's a lot of data to scrape. So it, it's one of those things, but the the Google Translate episodes are some of some of my favorites. Who's so I'm glad I'm really glad that you enjoy them. Those were hilarious. And like I said, I mean as as doing a podcast myself, like I mean, um I can understand being burnt out like with the knife edge chop because I mean, it's tough for me to watch, you know, just 50 minutes of Ring of Honor every week. Um, and you guys were fucking, co- like you said, covering a lot. Yeah. Um, and then, like, your year-end review shows where you're watching, like, 30 matches in a week. It was like, I love wrestling and all, but holy shit. Um, yeah, yeah, that was that was rough. Yeah, that was rough. 
Um, but yeah, so I mean, with the wrestle, so I mean, it's a different kind of research, but yeah, I mean, like, so I mean, you put your all into it. It's like, I'm like, Travis, where the fuck have you come? I mean, how do you even get these stats? Like, <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Um, but one, you know, that I'm very fond of, um, and I like to think that you continued it on, on my recommendation, but I don't know if that's true or not, but, uh, tell us about the saga of Peekaboo Samson. Oh yes. Uh, I definitely, I definitely keep kept these episodes going and I tried, I've tried to find ways to bring back Peekaboo. There's not too many of this, this thing that I'm going to talk about. So Peekaboo Samson and the saga of Peekaboo Samson, there is a choose your own adventure game that you can download right now on whatever app that you have, whatever phone you have called. And I, I feel like I have to say slammed because that's how I said it on all of the episodes. Slammed. Yeah. Slammed is the choose your own adventure game. And you basically take a character from the independent scene uh, with backstory uh, and get them all to the main event of, of what they, what the WWE is in this universe. And it was like, was it, I think it was like 10, 12, 13 chapters, yeah. something like that, because I did one that was, they got super long, but I did, I read aloud the choose your own adventure game. So it would, we, we would go through the choices together. This goes back to what I was saying, where it's like, we're discovering this, this stuff together as listener yeah. and host. And uh, Peekaboo Samson was the name of the wrestler. I don't know why I named him Peekaboo Samson. It's just what popped into my head, but yeah. we got to see Peekaboo go from the the lowest lows to the highest highs. And there was a time where I, uh, I stopped them and I thought about making them Patreon uh, only. And you, yeah, you were a hundred percent one of the biggest reasons I brought it back be, and for the main feed. And then I think it was good because we finished the saga and the arc of Peekaboo Samson. And I, I looked, I said, like, I, I looked for ways to bring more choose your own adventure things back to it. There's just not a ton. I did yeah. a couple of, uh, I even bought these old early two thousands, their Patreon episodes to, but there were choose your own adventure books, literal children's books that you would have gotten at the book fair yeah. and reading those, but it's just not the same. It's not the same as Peekaboo. I need uh, Paolo, I don't remember his last name. I need Paolo to do another version of Slammed, uh, and it just is is not uh, not going to happen, unfortunately. Uh, there is one I I found, I found one similar, but I think it's uh, probably too risque to do a to do a a full series on uh, too too much. I, not that I'm I, I shy away from any of that on the show. I I know you're probably like, what the fuck are you talking about, Travis? You you do not shy away from the risque, but at some point I'm gonna scare somebody off by just like with some of the the things. I mean, I I, I had my own Macho Man erotica commission, so I'm not afraid of of that, but. I don't, I don't know. I guess, I guess that's the other thing that it's, you know, you, you get used to balancing. So, and I think in some ways I have gone, I know I've gone too far, but I think that I've shot myself in the foot in some ways where it's like, sometimes it's too different. So I think in the, the fifth year of the wrestle special, you will see, and not that we're losing that, not that I'm losing the edge, but I'm trying to make it as accessible as possible while still having the, the not you losing the spirit of the wrestle special, if that makes sense. And, and, and recommitting to the, the, the original thing, which was, 
I wanted to spread the gospel of pro wrestling. I wanted to make and, and expose people to pro wrestling if they haven't seen it. But I also want to expose people to pro wrestling that they may not have tried or may not have heard of or seen. Things like that. That those are those are kind of the the spirit of where I want the the show to go. But it, if you find a, a Peekaboo Samson replacement, you just let me know, and Peekaboo Samson will make his return because those were so fun. So fun to really have to go through the choices together. It's it's yeah. a literal choose your own adventure, like choose your own adventure book, essentially. It's just on an app and just going through it. I, I just always imagined everyone be like, oh, don't choose that one. Oh no, you choose that one. And then it's the, the we all have to deal with oh, I'm yelling into my iPod, no, Trav, no. Exactly, exactly. We all have to deal with the the consequences of my poor decision making. Yeah, and when it ended, we were out in Idaho, and I was on my quick walk around. I was just doing a quick walk and listening, and it ended. And I remember I stopped my walk. I was like, "Fuck, it's over." Shit, damn! I was like, "It's been a good run," but that—that that was how I felt too, because it kind of came out of nowhere. I thought I knew it was wrapping up, but I—I I thought we at least had a couple, few more episodes. I—I I felt like we had five more chapters to go, at least three more chapters, because. It really did kind of end not on a cliffhanger, but it really felt like Netflix canceled the show and we didn't get the 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 resolution that we wanted. You know, we didn't get to really see what happened with Evelyn and the love triangle that had brewed in the in the show. And this is not going to matter to anybody else. That's why you need to go listen to the wrestle special to understand all of these things because you got we we all got attached to to some of those characters i think and i did my best to give everybody different voices yeah <laughs> which was was tough sometimes but evelyn always talked like <laughs> this well, and that's exactly how i that was actually how always how i did evelyn's voice was and this is how my <laughs> hi i'm evelyn hello and just uh, oh. you see, you, this is the first time you've gotten to see me do evelyn's voice yeah. on video so yeah. that, that's what I look like doing Evelyn's voice. But I mean, if that interests you, I mean, you've got to, you got to go all in on it. So, I mean, I, I don't know any other way than just go full bore all in. I can't, I can't help myself. Yeah. Well, and it's funny. Listen, this is going to sound really weird, but um, one of my jobs was I was talking about and our boss always said, you know, when you're talking on the phone, you know, smile. I mean, they can't see you, but it'll resonate. So, I mean, it's kind of the same thing. Like if you're going to go into character, I mean, even though no one can see you do it, you know, yeah. Absolutely. I, but it's, it's just, it's, it's funny. There's so many, so many characters, so many voices. I, I, every time I did a peekaboo Samson episode, I would, my voice would hurt after <laughs> I'd been like, Oh God. Cause it was just uh, so much reading, but also just like this. And just like, what, why was I, what, what am I doing? Who, who am I? But I, I remember it would just, I would be done with them and be like, Oh, okay. That was, I did something to to my vocal cords that weren't was not good. Yeah, that's hilarious. I'm like, and I'm really excited that I actually got a. I got to see. I got to hear a slam to my own podcast. So <laughs> slammed. There's a there's another one. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. So, but I mean, yeah, Travis. I mean, you know, I appreciate it. So, you know, hopefully, one of these days we get to hang out in the real life soon. You know, if we do come through Cincinnati, or if you guys make it up here, um, we'll make it work. One hundred percent. You know, and I got some ideas, you know, brewing in the back of my head. We'll talk about off air, um, you know, for if you want to contribute more uh, to the podcast or whatever. But uh, before I pull a train, and Travis, thank you again for coming on. Uh, oh, brother. Thank yeah. you for having me. Thank you for having me. Seriously. 
and uh, ended up break on the fourth wall. Travis and I did did talk about forty five minutes to fifth to an hour before we even hit record. So we did. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I appreciate carving out a, a few hours. But where can people follow the Wrestle Special? Uh, on Instagram at the Wrestle Special and on Twitter at Wrestle Special. You've already heard me at this point say that I uh, am not great at social media, but if you reach out to me, I'll get back to you there. And I, I will be, the the plan is to post more content. I just got to find a more tenable way of doing it and uh, uh, the way that to stomach it. But hey, if you're interested in me just saying, oh my God, that was fucking awesome uh, about whatever wrestling show I'm watching, just just follow me on Twitter. I'll, I'm there and I, I'll, I'll release uh, something and the, the wrestle special is available pretty much wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you're at on the globe. Uh, the podcast provider I use makes it real easy for me to send out the podcast. And uh, I know I was just uh, looking the other day uh, there. I had like uh, eight listens in like the Congo since December. So I don't, I don't know. Like it's, it's weird to, to know that your, your voices, I, I mean, people on, all six continents, not including Antarctica, but maybe somebody has listened to it on Antarctica, maybe some scientist, but on the six inhabited uh, continents, uh, people have listened to the wrestle special and that's pretty wow. fucking cool. So yeah, it's, it's pretty fucking cool and uh, makes me feel good. So if you want to join uh, those people on those six continents, uh, please check out the wrestle special uh, coming up on the fifth year anniversary. And uh, I definitely strive to make it something that uh, you have not heard before. So sometimes we get a little meta uh, on the wrestle special, but I promise you, you will uh, pick it up pretty quickly. Ooh, Travis. What? I might have some good news. Oh, okay. I love good news. Um, I think I got my, uh, my, my speaker here. Um, Oh, is this knife? This is knife edge shop. Yeah. Holy shit. Where was it? This is great podcasting here. So hey, no. What'd you say? Yeah, weird, right? I like it's it's cool. Like uh, it's I I didn't I would have never thought that somebody would be listening to my voice there, yeah. and it's. Uh, I think um, I went to a, uh, there was a, so my podcast service, I use Libsyn, which has been great for me, but there was a, a time that they basically say whenever there's a new partner, hey, do you want to uh, send this to, do you want to utilize this particular uh, new partner we have? And, uh, and uh, it's been a couple of years now, but there was one, there's a podcast company uh, in India called Ghana and they, uh, yeah. So like right now, since December, I've had uh, listens in India, the Russian Federation, Singapore, uh, just countries I never thought that people would be listening to my show in. Uh, and it's pretty, pretty, I mean, that's a, you, it's, it's easy to get stuck in the rat race, I think, with podcasting, thinking that, you know, the, what is success in podcasting? And, that, and that's a whole nother 
tangent that uh, I don't want to get on because it'll be another hour before we get off of it. But just trying to, and I think you do a great job of this too, just defining what success means to you and not letting it get, it, not comparing yourself to other people because comparison is the thief of joy. It is, it's true. And I think that uh, it's it's just cool to to know people are are responding to the things yeah. that you're saying. Yeah, it's in like I said, I don't know. You know, I was talking. I had my buddy Matt from the Shining Wizards on. Yeah, I mean, I you know, not to sound like a selfish prick, but I, I podcast for me. This is like a creative outlet. You know, I have. I mean, I've had friends like, oh, if we all got together, you know, we could make a run. You know, I don't think I'd want to be a quote unquote famous podcaster. It just seems like a lot of headaches. Yeah, it is. And I think that's, they get magnified the bigger, the bigger you get, the bigger and bigger you get. It's just, it's the, the headaches are magnified for yeah, sure. Like, you know, and I all of a sudden get all these DMs like, Tom, yeah, you say I'm a lot. I'm like, I get it, motherfucker. I say I'm a lot. Get over it. You know? Yeah, like, exactly. I can't believe you didn't edit out that conversation you had with your cat. I'm like, motherfucker, they don't listen. So I, you know, I don't want to listen, you know, listen to that hassle. So I just do this for me. It's a creative outlet. You know, I get to hang out with my buddy Will once a week. I get a chance to catch up with you. It's been too long, you know, and I get a chance to put, you know, other people's products over. I mean, that's really what this is about is really helping, you know, the, the wrestle special get out there because it's, like you said, it's a very unique, you know, in the, in the niche of wrestling and something that's already niche as it is. Niche. Yeah. Whatever the fucking it, name is, so. I think that word you can use either way. That's one of those words that if you say niche or niche is fine. It's one of those, you know how there's those words that you can say either way. I think, I think niche niche is one of those. So now you've got me doing it. I don't know which, which niche I want to say. Yeah. It's like niche. Just, I don't know. It seems a little too far. Like niche just seems more, you know, not yeah, like <laughs> no nonsense. Niche. Right. Yeah. Yes. So, um, yeah, because I, I mean, I don't even wear pants, so I mean, I don't like being fancy. So <laughs> I'm gonna see if you can hear this. Okay. Um, Baker's ambassador. Where is my speaker? Shit. Right the line. Yeah, I don't can you hear that at all? Yeah, I can hear it. Okay. Troublemakers and bastards. No, I don't think he's wrong. I just don't know if he was saying like troublemakers and bastards. We are so psyched you're here, or like. Uh, I wish you could turn this as low as it goes. Like, yeah, like someone who thinks troublemaker and bastard is a bad term. Okay. Not a term of endearment like we would think it is. Okay. So, yeah. But um. anyway, so thanks for whoever wrote that in. A couple of quick other shout outs to give out. There was a gentleman. Now, this is, this is like. So, just real quick. So, I guess it was, yeah, the guy was talking shit about you guys in Spanish. So Got that's, it. You were right on that one. So, got it. All right. Here we go. This is how Travis and I met. The spirit of professional wrestling. Yes. At the fucking forefront of everything. This is why we love it. Independent wrestling, especially. So as anybody who follows our podcast knows, um, we've been pushing um, the fact that there's a GoFundMe to help Mason Gable. It's Gable, right? Yeah, but C Cutter is the wrestling name. All right, yeah. Cutter, sorry. Whatever. I mean, like Charlie Grace, huh? So at Rock's yep. anniversary, he did a move. Every wrestler does, you know, wasn't a big deal move. He landed with both his legs on the iron divider, oh. and the sound, we oh. talked about it, the sound was terrible. One of his legs had to have a skin graft, the other he broke in like 12 places, a compound fracture. Just fucking awful. The GoFundMe has been started, so we've been putting that up on Twitter a lot. We've been talking about it here. And a message was left on their GoFundMe. Yeah. By a gentleman um, by the name of Thomas Cops the Second, or he signed it as Psycho Tom. <laughs> Psycho Tom. Well, hey, we're down with him. Yeah, we're, we're just, 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 exactly. I'm yeah. 
So read just a passage of it. Uh, Sup, Mr. Gable. Unfortunately, we have never met, and I have yet to see you wrestle. I recently got hipped to Rockstar Pro by Ian and Travis over at Knife Edge Shop Podcast, and this is how I learned of your injury. I have the utmost respect and appreciation for independent wrestlers such as yourself who put their bodies and livelihoods on the line for the love of the sport and the fans, because I know it sure as shit ain't about the money. This isn't much, but I hope it helps a little to get you back to whip an ass. Keep your head up. So not, not only did this guy, you know, trust us enough to dig into why Rockstar is so awesome, but not ever knowing these guys, not having ever seen them wrestle, just knowing he was an independent wrestler that was in need. He went over and gave 25 bucks of his own hard-earned money to that to the GoFundMe for Cutter's rehabilitation. Yeah. And that is fucking awesome. That's what it's about. It is totally what it's about. So Psycho Tom, you are a we are we are super honored that you are our fan. Yes. And that you like our show. Because yes. you absolutely are what it's all about as far as professional wrestling and we talked about i mean months and months ago and it probably started a rant on this started with the wrestling tees kind of giving us a little little finger yeah you know and we definitely feel like this is it's all about community and independent wrestling is only going to continue to grow because of the community that we have right we all need to help each other that's that's how it ends Mm -hmm. we're here for each other what you talk about a lot you know back in the mtv days Mm -hmm. some fanzine made in the garage would reach out to you and say oh yeah i used to get emails all the time um and people would be like hey i own this i have this really small fanzine in uh you know saskatchewan like in the middle of nowhere um i was wondering if i could get like a quote for from you or something and i would be like would you want to do an interview or just a quote and they would be like really and i would do an interview with anyone much to the chagrin of mtv it was like you have to put everything through the press department i'm like no i don't (laughs) that's ian that's ian with anybody because here's my thing about independent wrestling to me and to you and to a lot of people independent wrestling guys are here well travis yeah there's a little blast from the past for you so So that was a perfect way to end it because uh yeah it goes back to you know the great people in the independent wrestling fandom like yourself and uh that was a great that was it was good to listen to that was man that's 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 where i was cutting my teeth in the podcast game yeah that's great and let's yeah i mean i remember sending that i was i was at the library and i i mean i had no idea that this would blossom into this so um yeah that was a i'm glad they came away i'll figure out i don't know how i don't know i'll figure some way to kind of get this off my computer here so uh, i don't know how i have it on there but We'll figure. Yeah, hey, I'll, I I gotta find out. There's, I'll have to talk to Ian and see if he can get me some of those old episodes, and I'll send them your way too. When you're when you're feeling nostalgic. Yeah, because I know I I think before the feed got cut off because I had downloaded a bunch, so I think they just kind of went onto my laptop. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, my old laptop from 2006, but I don't internet on it, so it still works. Hell yeah! So it's at least that's the time capsule for Knife Edge Shop now. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, Travis, uh, long overdue, but thank you so much, my friend. Uh, you keep kicking ass, and uh, yeah, I have some uh, I have some ideas for this in the future. So I'll talk to you about that off air. But uh, oh, yeah. you wanna you wanna put over real quick before we uh, pull the train station, even though I I said that already. But 
Uh, I don't, I don't think so. I think I said all I need to say, listen to the wrestle special, please let me know, reach out. Uh, it's, it's again, you just heard it a little bit in that clip. If, if that came through, you know, I was talking about the community. I said that a little bit in this episode already. That is, uh, it's what makes and forges these bonds, these friendships that Tom and I have now is, is this type of community. So please give it a listen. Let me know what you think. Uh, I'd love for you to join the fun. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Travis. And I will talk to all the high flyers later.